This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the program. Dr. Matt here along with Jeff and Terry. The gang is gathered. We're here to make your life easier. And if not easier, uh, just less painful. The goal of the show, to elevate, to take you and your family to a different level, hopefully giving you the tools, the information you need to make it today. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, interesting Trump news. Really? Tr- you won't believe it, but apparently um, he brought up Hillary Clinton again. That's not like yeah, him. it's the weirdest thing. Because they're saying, are you going, will you, you know, are you going to be interviewed by Mueller? If Mueller's people want to interview you, are you going to be interviewed by him? And then he just kept talking. There's been no collusion, no collusion. Then he talked about how Hillary Clinton got interviewed. Sure. It wasn't under oath. They didn't ask any really deep questions. It was on the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. What about her? (laughs) We were driving behind somebody yesterday, and they had a bumper sticker that said, Hillary for prison 2016. (laughs) I'd never seen that one. That's That's a new one. Um, how interesting, though. Again, he's got to realize President Trump does that he won the he won the election. I don't think he realizes it yet. He won the election. Hillary Clinton, let her go. Let her go. Is he still uh, asking for a recount? No, I think he gave up on that one. He disbanded the committee that was looking into that. But <laughs> there was a committee. They are looking into voter laws. Ooh, yeah, but. And libel laws. He wants to change the libel law. Uh, that's a new thing coming out um, because and he, he makes a really good point. You shouldn't be able to just say anything you want. You know, it's got to be substantiated. But then it's interesting. He turned it into like a financial thing because you can't lie and then just go collect money all day. Right. He's he's uh, he's I think had a flashback to the old apprentice days because he's sitting in a, he's sitting in like a cabinet meeting. And says, welcome to the studio. He did. And then... Uh, then <laughs> well, he, he was confused. There was like 30 cameras in front of him. Yeah. And then and they th- bring him in. And, and then he talked about how all of the anchors love him because he had this open meeting. But then they had to go back and look to see what he meant because no one actually had ever said... They loved him. They loved it. There was some people on Twitter saying they enjoyed the transparency yeah. of seeing how government works. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, then in that same conversation, he talked about the ratings for for um, the the the, oh, fact, the fact that by, when he does stuff and he opens right. up and is really communicative and the ratings go up and all the pundits love him, it almost so it was almost like he was having this television flashback. Didn't even call himself like an actor, not but like he's, he's anyway. the director. He, he, yeah. He's in charge. He's in charge of content for America. <laughs> Hasn't that claim proven to be false, though? What? Really? I mean, just for instance, the inauguration. Well, yeah, but... I, but like daily in the middle of the day, there's really nothing going on. So all of a sudden you do a live Trump press conference. Yeah, there's a there's an uptake because people see it on like Twitter or they get some notification and they jump and watch TV for a few This minutes. is Trump TV. He's, I mean, the whole idea when he was running, everybody thought he, he just wanted to build a network and was going yeah, to yeah. have Trump TV, and he's now doing it. He's creating Trump TV. I mean, it's the presidency. Yeah. But it's also a great TV and network. He, who says what, what he's going to do once he's not president? Right. 
That's right. You know, I mean, after after this part of his life is over, he could start a TV network. He, he could start a TV network. And in which... fact, on his Facebook page, he has an anchor. It's one of his daughter-in-laws that oh, wow. sits down there and on a, like a TV set and reads Trump news of the day. Well, the real anchor, I think, other than, of course, uh, President Trump would be Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is the, I don't know, 6, 6 p.m. anchor for him. She's the daytime anchor. She reads his news. It's about 1 to 2 Eastern because that's about when I'm making my salad. Oh, yeah. And then I go, oh, wait, let's see what's on ESPN and then flip the channel. It's it's actually – and by the way, it looked like The Apprentice because he was sitting in a boardroom. It did. In his big Except chair in the middle. Except he always sat at the end of the table, not in the middle. Or I've never actually seen the show, so what am I even talking hmm. about? Did he sit at the head of the table? Yeah, or did I he don't sit know. I think he sat in the middle so. of the table. Is that what he oh, did? I don't know. I thought he sat in the middle of the table with his two minions. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, little trumpets um, on either side, and then, they, they, then they'd fire someone across the table. Hey, speaking of salads, any uh, hepatitis <laughs> update there, Terry? Not that I've seen. I've been pouring over news reports, have not seen any do, more. Do you feel it nauseous? Was, it was E. coli, by the way. It's oh, a whole I'm sorry. different I meant you personally. Issue. No, I feel great. Really? I did buy some iceberg lettuce. Really disappointed. Why? Not, not a good product. Why don't you like leafy things it's that carry fi- a lot it's of water? Fi- really fibrous water. That's really what mm. iceberg lettuce is. It's kind of gross. They mix in some cabbage. Maybe Ooh. toss in some carrot sticks or something just to kind of mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it some color. Yeah, it's gross. I love me some fibrous water. But I still have my... my uh, my my questionable lettuce in the back. Well, why don't you just go for it? I'm just going to do it. What's I mean, the worst thing that could right. happen? Sure. And I, like you're with, a strong person. Like You've with got... e-, e. coli, all things shall pass. Right? It's just something oh, that just boy. moves on through life. You'll get through it. It'll be a new week, no problem. Mm. Maybe you just wash your vegetables. Just do it. Do it Friday. Really? Yeah. Because I'd love to have you back Monday. Ruin my weekend? (laughs) Uh, None of us are going to be here Monday. That's right. Oh, yes. Did you just realize that? You, of all people, should have realized that. That is the great magical moment when you realize, I have a free day. What will I do? I'm sure I'll just work. No. Are you kidding me? Not on the show. I work all day. By the way, last night... Thank you, Mr. Trump. Last day I went. Last night I went to Aida. Really? Yeah. Elton it? John and Tim Rice. No, it's just a lady that works down at the market and talks oh. to her. Her name's Aida. Okay. So what no, I we... went to uh, yeah the a great stage play of Aida. Hmm. By the way, I wasn't familiar with much of the music. Beautiful. <sighs> it was beautiful at the Hale Theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No need to swear, but yes. Wonderful, wonderful boy. I'm telling you. The world without the arts, it's a very dark place, except for Hollywood slash DC. <laughs> we can get rid of those? No, those those are the same thing in my world now. Oh, I see. Hmm. Yeah, no, you, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen Aida, you need to see it. Everybody out there, grab your kid, get to Aida. It's just, it's a beautiful story about love mm. and loss, and you can't Explosions. always... I didn't see one explosion. Hmm. Secret agents? Nope, nope. Superheroes? Uh, There was a little spying going on. Superheroes? Mm, Not really. I saw it in New York. Really? But back when I was 18, so I don't really remember what it was about. Is there a car chase? No cars. Wasn't there like a... There's a a boat chase. Isn't there a mummy or something? There there is a 
like a sarcophagus. Yes. But, but it's a boat chase on a stage. Mm-hmm. But this stage at this theater is the most incredible thing you've ever – like, honestly, I got nauseous watching the stage move. So mm. it's about – Why would we want It's nausea? about a, probably an eight-story stage. Okay. Mm. And above you are people twirling and circling and oh, hanging from wires. So it's like really artistic. Yeah. But oh, then no. all of a sudden the main actor will pop up, the stage will rise, and it moves in about 50 different directions. So like witchcraft. Yeah, a lot of witchcraft. Poof, people you, show up on stage. Wow. You saw The Crucible is no. what you're really saying. I saw Aida in a really amazing theater, Hell Center Theater. Anyway, uh, let's get to the headlines, Terry. What uh, should we be paying attention to in all this chaos? As we, talk, we talked about briefly, President Trump declared Wednesday the current libel laws are a sham and a disgrace and that his administration will take a look into changing them. The comment came while the president once again bemoaned Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury. Still the libel laws are very weak in this country. If they were strong, it, uh, it would be uh, very helpful. You wouldn't have things like that happen where you can say whatever comes to your head. Does he have a cold again? Yeah, he's sniffing there. He goes, you can't say things that are false or knowingly false. Yeah. And smile and as money pours into your bank account. That's Boston Globe's point. Matt v- uh, Visser, who is a reporter in Washington, D.C. Yeah. for the Boston Globe, tweeted out, President Trump, who has said that Barack Obama was was not born in the U.S. and that Ted Cruz's father was behind the JFK assassination, says laws should make it harder to say things that are false. That's what he was yeah. saying, right? So when does it apply? Well, see, this is the problem. The press, he, they're, they're all saying he's going to steal your First Amendment rights. and But there is a point that you, you can't lie. The problem is the president has... He's one of the experts, too, of doing this. Well, again, if the president wants to prove there are things in the book that are lies, Mm -hmm. they need to actually go to court, and then everyone has full disclosure, so then Michael Wolf brings out his tapes. Yeah. See, this is why you can't – he can't – He's not going to do about this. it. He shouldn't be talking about it right. because he just fuels the fire. Uh, President, fury. President Trump this morning attacked the National Security Agency's surveillance powers in a Thursday morning tweet storm that came just hours before the House was due to vote on the reauthorization of a package of mass surveillance activities known as Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the mm. FISA Act. Section 702. The, his intervention is in direct contradiction to his administration's stated aim of reauthorizing the program on Wednesday night a White House statement urged Congress to preserve FISA powers. So really? last night, his White House says, let's preserve this. This morning, he's like, this is a joke. <laughs> Get rid of it. Messaging. It's And it's Figure timing. It it's, uh, it's hard. A whopping 31 House Republicans will not be seeking re-election in November, including seven committee chairs, NPR reports, including Representative Daryl Issa of California, who announced his impending retirement from Congress on Wednesday. The 2018 GOP exodus is a new record. The last time there was such a massive uh, departure from Congress was when 28 Democrats left in 1994, and Republicans subsequently seized control. Most significantly, Republicans in states won by Hillary Clinton are leaving in droves. Vulnerable House Republicans would clearly rather call it quits than stand for re-election with a deeply unpopular agenda hanging over their heads. A uh, reporter talked, or uh, what a 
This is Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee spokesman Tyler Law said, Mm. 12 of the Republicans who will not be running for another term in 2018 will remain in politics, running for Senate and governor seats. Uh, Democrats would need to flip 24 seats to take back the House, with the Senate being more of a long shot. Democrats have to defend 25 seats and pick up an additional three to take back the Senate. Uh, so the yeah. Senate probably Senate's isn't happening. Not moving. The House could be in play with all these Republicans choosing not to run. And 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 I think like a couple dozen of them are in you know pretty deep Democratic areas. Right. So there's many in California that have dropped out. Their their districts voted two years ago or. But yeah, two years ago for them, Republican, but in this election did not well, isn't enjoy. It and they also got the the tax plan that went against yeah. California residents. So, oh yeah. yeah, and now well, and drilling off of the coast now, yeah. all of these things are starting to pile up. So, so you're saying this is Trump's running. fault? No, it's adjacent. I, I wrong. <laughs> it's but it, for some reason a lot of congressional candidates are just bailing. Even Isa, right? He's, well, he's and like, I'm not, not doing it's this. It's not even necessarily the agenda or the president. It's that it's uh, – some people have said sort of third hand that it's not fun anymore. They can't get anything passed. Yeah. So yeah, You show uh, up with a bill and it's an instant no. No one even looks at the bill. They just see that you're a Republican and they're not going to work with you. Mm-hmm. So they're like, forget it. I'm done. I'll go – you know, sell real estate. It'll be more productive for society. Right. No. <laughs> and right. finally, while the rest of us were debating where to abandon our trees, did you have a real tree or a artificial uh, tree for I Christmas? I had a real artificial tree, I like to call it. Okay. Jeff, real, artificial? Also whatever. real artificial. See, I just went total <laughs> fake. Just, but, but some people, you know. You just you, went fake, fake. You have your tree. Now what do you do with it? Right. I have neighbors. The, the, yeah. the city I live in, you leave it out with your trash. They have sure. a truck that comes by and takes it and they go mulchered. You take it over to the park and they do the same thing there. Uh, this woman in California decided to take hers back for a refund. What? Really? Right. So you keep your tree up for December. After Christmas. After Christmas Whoa. in January, the woman reportedly wanted her money back for her once lively Christmas tree because it was now dead. Customers at, this, at a Costco in the suburb of L.A. were blown away. And one man couldn't help but post the rest of the details on Facebook. He goes, I can't make this stuff up. The woman in line at Costco totally nonchalant to return her Christmas tree because it's dead on January 4th. Amazingly, she actually did get her money back, according to the Post, but not without a little bit of shaming from the store and other customers. So something to keep in mind next year. If your Christmas tree is dead after being chopped down a month before, you may not be able to get a refund for that. Oh, boy. If you bought it at Costco, you'd most likely get a refund. Yeah, they just kind of hand you money and get you out the door. Uh, One thing just – it seems obvious, but I Could I bring the bones of my rotisserie chicken back to Costco to get a refund? Because now it has no chicken on the bone. It's just bones. Yeah, it's a great – but you could take it to Nordstrom. They take it back, and they don't even sell chicken. Nordstrom. (laughs) You just take it there, and you're like, hey, I bought this rotisserie chicken here, I think – a year ago? Do you guys sell these? I, I think I got it here. And they'd be like, sir, we don't even sell that, but I thought you guys said that you'd take anything back. All right, we'll take it. I don't even know if it's a chicken. may have been quail. Don't be. say that because in your line of work, somebody is likely to take a spouse back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you just take him off my hands? Um, This, this one doesn't work anymore. Mm. No, literally, he's not working and hasn't for two years, so I'd like to get a refund. Not good. I ha- I have the snore dis- function is malfunctioning. <laughs> I have discussed with my father-in-law any sort of return programs. Oh, really? And uh, How did that go with your wife? Well, she was sitting there. She thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, it may not be so bad. <laughs> she goes, I all can't- the guy does is eat a salad every she day. She goes, I can't give you back either. So, 
You guys are cute. Hey, a little rule. Um, if you have a, f- a fake tree, hmm. don't try to have it ground up and and um, mulched? and mulched for your nice. garden. Yeah. Don't do that. That's a good uh, a good life tip there. A life tip from the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, um, okay. So I'm getting in my car today. All right. I, it was the weirdest thing. Getting in your car? I got in my car. Okay. Backing out of my driveway and um, – Nothing's working. Everything's awry. Mm. And I look down, and in my console, right in front of my gear, the shift that puts it in gear, is this weird I, – I don't even know what it is. And I grab it. It's a brown ball about the size of a football. Okay. And the minute I grab it, it's like <laughs> – So it was Tickle Me Elmo? It was a potato. What? It was a talking potato toy. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know where a talking potato toy came from. Hmm. But, but it unplugged my you, phone. You do have vast amounts of children, though. I have six. Yeah, vast. And my youngest is 12, and he's not really into talking potato toys. Hmm. Do you lock your car? Not in my garage. Hmm. But I'm going to now. Well, a yeah. potato. I mean, and it's talking. What did it say? It just kind of giggled a lot. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Giggle me potato. <laughs> Giggle me potato. That uh, – anyway. Was, I was it named like Spud or I don't something know what ridiculous? Is, I, we, we didn't have a con- – he's a kind of a one-sided conversation. Wow. He just kind of went off. Because nowadays most of those types of toys will talk back to you and like have a conversation. They have preset like <laughs> phrases. I would have liked to tickle me Elmo. That would have been like fun for me if I had – if that's what I was facing. Oh, yeah. But no, it's some potato. I think – I did – we went to a wedding last weekend and there was – and I did have some family that's from Idaho. Mm. You can't trust people from Idaho when it comes to their potatoes. So I'm betting it was theirs. Hmm. They always – the people from Idaho always have potatoes. They do. Yeah. It's just in the trunk of the car. My aunt lives up there. She has yeah. a whole Does bag whole, always constantly. Do they – in the winter, people put like like salt in the back of their car, oh, yeah. you know, like a bag just to kind of weight things down. They yeah. put potatoes. By the way, nothing better than a little salt on the right. potato. Right. They keep a little, like the, the instant potatoes, they keep a box of that in the back. It's great to toss under the tires, give you some traction. <laughs> it was, or make a snack, whichever. It was a stunning moment. You know, I was shocked. I've had a lot of shock moments lately. Huh. So what, do you have this potato with you? It's in the it's in my car. I left it out there. I don't want to bring it in here. Why not? Well, I don't want to get fired. Oh. I don't want it talking all through the show. Well, it could it could be a new feature on the show. Talk to the potato. <laughs> get it while Let's it's see hot. what the potato says and then you talk to it. We call him Spuddy. Spuddy the potato. Spud. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe I'll go get him. Could be. I don't know. Oh, we got a little pot- you say potato, I say potato. Huh. You say talking potato, I say talking potato. Do you know anyone that says potato? Yeah. Really? But they have a speech impediment. Right. Hmm. So I don't care. Do you know anyone that says oysters instead of oysters? No. Do you? No. I love the people that try to sound local and then they say Oregon. Yeah. Or Nevada. Yeah. You're looking at them like, what are you doing? Yeah. Give me a break, people. It's just It's a regional thing. People say it this way. People that live there say it this way. Say it the way they say it. But 
you're faking it. You're faking it. It's a lot of politicians that come out and try to, you know, curry favor. You can't, you yeah, can't fake work. everything. I'm from Southern California, and, you know, we're kind of set in our ways as far as speaking lazily. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so mm. I'm I'm forever going to say Boise, or Boise and not Boise. Boise. I refuse Boise. to say Boise. Why is that? It's Boise. Who Boise. says? Boise, Idaho. What about, shouldn't the people that live there have a say no. in how it's spoken? No. Hmm? All right. The people from Boise. <laughs> I'm a very lazy talker. I slur all my words. I just, it's, I think it's because it's early. United States. Uh, straight ahead, my friends, we will be talking about what stifling pay raises. It may be the fact, I mean, we talk about everyone needs more pay raises, mi- raised minimum wage. But whatever is stopping us from raising minimum wage may also be stopping us from growing economically. They do tend to go hand in hand. That's straight ahead. We'll be talking about it. our economy as productive as it was 20 years ago? What do you think? When you just listen to that and and that question, does it feel like you are as productive and the people around you are as productive as they were 20 years ago? How about uh, the workforce itself? Do do you notice that that we're continuing to become more and more productive as time goes on? Well, here to talk about it with us is um, and and really help us understand some of the numbers and what might be going on behind the numbers is uh, Ryan Avent. He is the senior editor and and the free exchange columnist at The Economist. And he previously served as The Economist news editor and as an economics correspondent and is helping us understand what a pay raise may actually do to either enhance or stifle the economy. Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Talk to us about productivity. A lot of times in the news we'll hear of a productivity report that comes out. Uh, overall, how, what, how do we measure productivity and are we more productive today as American citizens and, and our businesses as we were maybe 20 years ago? Uh, it's a really good question. I mean, I think productivity ends up being one of the most underappreciated, uh, you know, economic statistics out there. Uh, it really is, over the long run, it's, it's probably the most important, uh, you know, measure of how we're doing as a society and how we're, we're, we're doing it, making people better off. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few different ways to measure it, but basically what it, it represents is how much uh, output, how much value is each person uh, producing, uh, you know, per hour of work. And so the more value each of us produces per hour of work, uh, you know, the more income we have as a country, uh, the more that we're able to pay workers, um, and all those sorts of good things. So productivity growth over the long run really is the thing that makes countries much better off. Hmm. Um, and, but so I guess the problem would be that, you know, if you look back kind of at the 50s and 60s, um, productivity growth was really, really fast, and, and everyone was getting uh, big pay increases each year, uh, countries were getting richer. Uh, but over the last 20 or 30 years, productivity growth ha- has slowed down quite a lot, and that's left a lot of uh, policymakers, a lot of economists scratching their heads trying to figure out what exactly it is that's gone wrong. That's so true. Is it – when you look at it um, – I mean because it seems like to me if we, if we aren't producing more 
per hour uh, as an individual, um, but I'm being paid more, it seems like that would have a negative impact on the economy. But is that the case? Well, it is the case. I mean, I think it's it's important to note that, you know, we have productivity growth has been occurring. It's just, uh, you know, what we're producing uh, individually hasn't been growing as quickly as it did in the past. And so, you know, if productivity growth is growing really rapidly, then we might each be expecting to get a raise each year, right. in our paychecks of, you know, 5% or so per year, something like that, something in that ballpark. Um, if it's growing a lot more slowly, then, you know, maybe we only see uh, a pay increase of 1% uh, each year. Some years we don't get a pay increase at all. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, that definitely affects the economy. It, I mean, it affects um, what we're able to spend on ourselves and what we're able to save and invest for the future. Um, and at the, the level of the economy as a whole, it, it, you know, it affects how much we have to invest in infrastructure, uh, in you know, energy policies and, and the military, all those sorts of things. So it's really, uh, it's really crucial in terms of what we're able to, to do for ourselves and for the citizens of the, the country. And it sounds like, I mean, our politicians, a lot of the fixes we hear about you know, would be like this tax break for businesses that's supposedly going to bring all of this money back into the business and supposedly they'll reinvest it in the business, I guess with the assumption that that will produce – um, you know that will improve productivity. Uh, you know, but and outsourcing and other things that we're hearing, robotics and and technological advances. So, so if if we're trying to do all these things, why isn't it getting better? Why aren't we more productive? Well, that's the, that's the critical question. I mean, there are a few ways that we think that we can raise productivity. You know, one would be if companies are doing a lot of investing in new equipment, in training of their workers. Um, and, and certainly one of the problems we've seen over the last uh, you know, 20 years or so, certainly since about 2000, is that companies haven't been doing the kind of investing we would have liked for them to have done. Um, there's a lot of things we might you know, wonder about why that's occurring, but the kind of the logic behind the tax bill is that if we cut corporate taxes and, uh, you know, and allow them to, to keep more of their their profits, then they're going to invest a lot more. You know, I'm kind of skeptical about that a little bit. I think that, you know, companies are, have a lot of money that they're earning right now. Profits uh, are pretty high uh, relative to historical levels. And so I'm not sure that's the bottleneck. Yeah. Um, so then we have to think about, you know, what the other things might be. And, you know, one explanation that a lot of people keep coming back to is technology. And it's, you have people arguing that the, what's gone wrong is we've just not been inventing very useful things. You know, we have social networks that end up occupying a lot of our time. Um, you know, we have sort of clever kitchen devices like the Juicero and things like that, but but not the sorts of really, you know, massively important fundamental kinds of innovations that we had, uh, for example, during the Industrial Revolution. Um, and, I, you know, I think a lot of people are sympathetic to this idea, but it gets harder and harder for me to believe it the better that technology gets. You know, the, when, right. we start seeing, when we start seeing really impressive advances in, um, in energy technology, we start seeing driverless cars being used on the roads, and we start seeing advances in, in artificial intelligence, to me it seems like maybe that's not the problem either, that, you know, we really are seeing improvements in technology. It's just that they're not being used to raise productivity. Now, that's interesting because it seems like you'd want to invest in, like, the new newest technology, the newest um, uh, advancements, except if my labor's cheap, I guess it might be cheaper to just keep 
not, to not invest and instead just have people do it? I mean, is is there a point where it's just cheaper to have the people do it? Well, that, uh, that's absolutely right. And that, that, I think, is the thing that a lot of people have been missing, that, you know, if you are a company and you're thinking, okay, I, I have a warehouse here and I can either invest a lot of money in robots so that the warehouse is operated automatically, or I can use people, um, then one of the big factors you're going to have to take into consideration is what wage do you have to pay your workers? And um, if the wage is low, it's probably not going to be worth your time to automate the warehouse. Um, and, you know, it, on the one hand, that seems good because we don't want people to lose their jobs. Um, uh, but on the other hand, it's those kinds of investments in technologies that make productivity go up. And so I look back and, and, and see that, you know, over the last 20 years or so, wage growth has been really disappointing. Most of us have not been getting very significant uh, pay increases. Uh, inequality has been going up. So, you know, if you're in the sort of bottom half of the distribution you're really not seeing much of a raise. Um, and I think that's where we need to focus our attention. You know, if companies don't feel pressure because of higher salaries to, to invest in equipment, then that really is going to be a big drag on productivity growth. Do you think that the pro- lack of productivity growth and, and really, I guess, too, the lack of investment um, in, in wages and salary, do you think it has anything to do, too, with the, the decreased engagement by people in companies? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about People are just not engaged anymore. Um, is, is, do you think they're correlated? Because if I'm not being paid and I'm not seeing an increase in pay regularly, what's what else would be driving me except just the love of my job? I guess. Well, I think there's I think there's something there, and I, I think it goes both ways. I, you know, what we've seen is that companies are investing less in their workers, partly because you know, it's easier for them to uh, to outsource labor or outsource tasks, easier for them to move jobs overseas. And you have many more workers, you know, working sort of on a contract basis rather than kind of expecting to be the long-run employees are going to have a career for 20, 30 years with the same company. And so in that situation, it's less in the firm's interest to uh, to develop their workers' skills. And that's that's going to be a bottleneck. And then on the other hand, if you're a worker, you know, you're thinking, well, I could go back to school and get, you know, develop some skills that are going to be useful to this employer. But if I can't count on that employer, you know, keeping me on the job for for five or 10 years, it's not worth it for me to do that. And so on both sides, the fact that there's less of a connection, long run connection between companies and workers means that that, yeah, exactly. Workers may not be investing in themselves as much and companies aren't going to be, you know, investing in, in, in their employees in the way they might have done back in the 50s and 60s. Mm. We're speaking uh, with Ryan Avent, who, again, is uh, the senior editor and free exchange columnist at The Economist. He's also the author of the book The Wealth of Humans, which was published in 2016, and The Gated City, which is a Kindle single published in 2011. I got to ask you this, too, Ryan. The minute uh, we did the, the – they signed the tax um, kind of reform bill – it was interesting that um, I think it was even the day that that was signed, a, a, a lot of companies, Southwest, I think, AT&T or other companies started announcing that they were going to be um, putting money back in like bonuses to employees, f- millions of dollars in donations uh, because of their savings, um, I guess, and tax savings. Is So for, is this tax bill actually then – is that data showing it's incentivizing what you're talking about, improving pay to workers, or was that something else? Well, it certainly was an interesting phenomenon. I mean, I think what we'd want to 
to do is, is give it a little more time to see. I mean, I think, you know, one of the hopes for the bill or the people who designed it is that, you know, if, if companies had to pay less tax on their profits, then maybe they would be inclined to, to, to spend more money uh, on wage increases. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to be the, the biggest result, uh, but it may be. I mean, one thing to consider is that, you know, the labor market now is as healthy as it's been in, in over a decade. The unemployment yeah. rate is, is really low. And so even without the tax bill, we would be, expect to see, you know, pay increases go up a little bit. But yet, certainly it's possible that uh, that companies are going to react to the tax bill by, by throwing money uh, toward their workers. Um, and that would be a very positive thing. I mean, I think that would, you know, not only be good for people who have a little bit more money in their paycheck, but should have this effect that companies start thinking, okay, you know, maybe we do need to focus a little bit more on getting more uh, out of each worker by investing in technology or, or training. Um, but I, you know, I think it's important to take a step back and kind of look at where we are. Um, you know, in a normal recovery or a normal economic expansion, you would think that with an unemployment rate near 4%, wage increases would kind of be off the charts. You know, yeah. we would all be seeing, you know, 5% increases in our, in our salary year on year. And we're not really seeing that. And I think that, you know, that is very worrying. And it may be a sign that, you know, um, companies still aren't facing that pressure to try to, to get the most out of their workers, whether because they can outsource jobs or uh, send work overseas or, um, or because they can say to workers, if you ask for a pay increase, we're just going to bring in the robots. Oh, it's a weird standoff, isn't it? And, and two, it almost kind of goes back to what might be like the root paradigm of the partnership between employers and owners and, and business leaders and their people. Do they see each other as partners, really, and economically everybody benefiting when we can all benefit? Or is there still a weird kind of unspoken hierarchy and, and, and uh, I don't know, priority? Yeah. Well, I think there, I mean, I think there is a, an asymmetry there in, in that firms don't or companies don't really feel a sense that they, they need to work as hard to keep their, their employees and to keep them happy because they have so many options to, uh, you know, to, to cut labor costs if they need to. And, you know, one, one question to ask is, is how can we try to restore that, that balance there and that sense of obligation to each other? You know, I think one thing that, that, that worked um, in the past, and, and, you know, and this is not necessarily something that a lot of, uh, a lot of CEOs would be happy to, to talk about, or even a lot of economists, but I think the decline of trade unions and labor unions may have had some sort of effect there, where, you know, in that world where, where there is a lot of labor power, companies have to sit down at the negotiating table with their workers and, and, and say, look, we're, you know, whether we like it or not, we're in this together. What can we do to make sure that we're, you know, we're, we're both getting a, a lot out of this relationship by investing in, uh, investing in training and investing in, um, in, in, in new equipment. And, and so it's possible that that, you know, that's one of the things we've got to focus our attention on and kind of asking why wages have been disappointing and why productivity growth has been disappointing. Mm. Do is there anything that we can do uh, just I guess as an average employee, you know, but I mean before we get unionized or like try to reinstitute that is is there is there pushback or a, a, a tension that I can create by just being a highly productive person? Well, I think if coming at it from the perspective of an individual, um, you know, there are rewards to investing in yourself, uh, to working hard, um, to making sure that you're out there trying to find the best opportunities for you. Um, you know, I think that there's it's 
we shouldn't be fatalistic about it as individuals. Um, and, you know, if, if we kind of look at, at the distribution of income, you know, we see that there still is a, a payoff to, you know, first of all, to getting a, a, a bachelor's degree or an advanced degree, uh, you know, to developing a lot of useful skills. So I don't think we should sort of throw up our hands and say there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, I do think there's a, there's a big economy-wide problem, and uh, it's going to require some sort of solution uh, at the level of the economy as a whole. And, you know, even if we think that, you know, we're not going to have sort of a, a, a huge new surge in unionization or something like that in the near future, you know, there are things Washington could be doing. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I wish that there was more of a sense of concern about, uh, about the, the poor pace of, uh, of wage growth. Yeah, it's um, it's such an interesting time and a dynamic, especially because uh, uh, yeah, our models are, you know, from twenty, thirty years ago, and it, it also I wonder if with this new um, tech economy and kind of more mobile work uh, lives, and if that's going to alter too the the paradigms we need going forward. Well, I think so. I mean, I think there's. You know, there's just not a lot of understanding about exactly how something like artificial intelligence is going to affect the economy. Uh, you know, we we really don't know whether it's going to be like a lot of industrial technologies in the sense that, you know, when you use a new artificial intelligence sort of program, you also need a lot of people to to help that program do its work. So yeah. there's a lot of complementarity between the technologies and the and the workers. Or whether it's likely to be the kind of thing where they're just substitutes, where if you bring in an AI, if you bring in an artificial intelligence to do a job, you just don't need people. Um, and, you know, that kind of world would be one that we haven't really experienced before, uh, where we really don't know what kind of solutions are going to work to make sure that people aren't, um, you know, aren't really falling into poverty and getting frustrated with the system. So, you know, there's going to have to be some experimentation done. Um, you know, we're going to have to kind of look across countries to see what's working and what's not working. And, um, but I think we ought to be, uh, you know, we ought to get used to the idea that there's going to be a bit of a bumpy road ahead as we try to figure this out. Yeah, good stuff. Ryan, we appreciate you. Great insight. Again, uh, Ryan is the uh, senior editor and, uh, and the free exchange columnist at The Economist, also the author of the book The Wealth of Humans, published in 2016. We do have a responsibility about being a producer in our organization, right, and doing the best we can to elevate that game. Uh, we also have a responsibility as leaders to make sure that um, we're creating the right conditions, paying people for their growth, incentivizing it, finding ways to motivate our people to elevate their game and elevate their lives. Interesting stuff. Doing what we can on the program to help you be the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we may have hit a nerve when it comes to Boise or Boise. People are a-talking. We got a uh, a tweet here. Yeah. From our friend Craig H. Craig H. would know. Let's ask Craig. At Craig G26. Yeah. Not sure what any of that means, but hey, Greg, what's up? Or Craig. <laughs> what's I'm, happening, See, now Craig? I'm calling him Greg. Now he's going to no, text it's Craig in, from Boise. He's going to tweet in and tell me about there's no G in Craig. Well, there is, but not the first. You know what I mean? I don't. I, so he goes, uh, at Dr. Matt's show, there is no Z in Boise, and you don't pronounce Arkansas 
Arkansas. <laughs> it's about respect. Greg, slow down. I've got to get my pen. And then he shares the Boise song <gasps> from Jewel. A G in Chicago, there's an E in Los Angeles, an A in Miami, there's an S in Boston, and a D in Philadelphia, a Y in Kansas City, but there is no Z in Boise. Yeah! There you go. Jewel! You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Greg, hey, Greg nailed it. Like, there's no... See? Craig, Craig. We're Craig? in trouble here. Yeah, Craig. You keep, yeah, I gotta write that. Craig, Craig nailed it. There's no... Or is it Craig? Ooh. Oh boy. Ooh. Craig, write us back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I'm giving if I'm getting a hard time for this, then we have to go after all the people that call a Coke or something that is not a Coke, they call it a Coke. A Coke is everything. Yeah. You can't do that. Well, if there's it's, no it's like people calling a tissue a Kleenex. It's just seen as universal. True. You know where the Z is in Boise? It's not in Boise. At the end? No, it's oh. it's in Illinois. Hmm. That's where the Z goes, Illinois. It's an S, but... No, but you pronounce it with like a Z, Illinois. No, you just say Illinois. Illinois. Hmm. Do you say culinary or culinary? I don't say that word. Yeah. I had a friend once say culinary, and I, I didn't think he was right. Did you guys... Duke it out. Well, I, I have another friend that we've there's a there's a restaurant here called the La Jolla Groves. He called it the La Jolla Groves, and I almost laughed uh, thinking, "Oh, that's funny." I don't know if he was kidding. <laughs> wow, it's uh, th- this is why we need your help. Uh, so out right. there in the Twitter sphere, tweet us. Tweet the show. You can always call us. I'm watching it constantly. We we love to take your call as well. One eight five five chat BYU. If you if you want to help correct some of our... Matt is always up for a good correction. I, I love correction. I've been corrected my entire life. <laughs> it's just ironic that this is the show that we get a tweet on about this conversation because we just played that Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald song, Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. You say potato, yeah. I say potato. You say Boise, I say Boise. We can all live together in harmony. But Jewel... And we can all be right. But you don't mess with Jewel. Jewel no. knows Boise. And when she sang that song, did you hear them cheer? Well, I never trust people that have uh, that was one live name. At, like the Idaho Convention Center or right. something. So, yeah. people she's that, playing to the audience. People yeah. that go by one name, you can't, they can't be trusted. She's probably up there like, sure. hey, Oprah. how's everyone out here? And like tips her guitar forward. And then there's a paper on the back that says, Boise, <laughs> don't say a Z. Remember <laughs> where you are. It's so hard to remember. Okay. Well, see, we're learning. There you go. That is the key, my friends. Uh, Let's uh, continue the journey straight ahead. More on the Matt Townsend Show. Doing what we can to help you live longer, love stronger, and lead a healthier life. Oh, boy, folks. You know, change. Uh, Nothing more consistent and constant than change. And even a good thing apparently can get even better. So apparently Diet Coke is uh, struggling to keep market share. I doubt that. Uh, millennials are not fans of the product. Come on. Uh, as, as we've seen here in the building, yeah. they put a, uh, a soda machine. And they allowed the students to pick whatever soda. They allowed all the employees, but they, we have a lot of students. Yeah, and they voted, and people, the, the, the mass amount of votes in the building, because the students outnumber 
uh, the non-students. Yeah. The, uh, the students picked all these fruity berry pomegranate berry combos rather than Coke and Diet Coke, which all the old people want. Yeah. I'm I, just going to say it. The old people. Yeah. Because I didn't want it. I didn't even vote. No, but you guys are water. considered old people in here. Well, we're considered older than the students. Previous members of our staff, I was an honorary millennial because I didn't act my age. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're Another not Another great show on BYU Radio, Act Your Age. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just trying to get some synergistic sort of harmony on the air. That's another show, Synergistic Sort of Harmony. On sort of Harmony. Um, so the Coca-Cola Company Wednesday announced it's making 12-ounce Diet Coke can taller and slimmer. So they're changing the shape of the can. Well, because so that looks matter. like They it want it to look like an energy drink. It'll look like a Red Bull. Well, that's... Tall, slim. Bull. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they update the logo. That won't so help. So it looks different that way. And they offered the uh, 35-year-old drink in four new flavors. Okay, yeah. now Matt, you're you're a fan. I'm a uh huh. You're you're. I don't know how much you consume anymore. Well, nowhere near twelve cans a day. You're uh, I'm not pre- the president for heaven's sakes. So, uh, mango, mm. cherry, ginger, lime, mm-hmm. and blood orange. So, so the ginger. Oh, and there's one more. See, they didn't say this right. There's there's the there's just diet coke in the new can, right? Yeah. And then there's ginger, lime, twisted mango. Yeah. Zesty blood orange mm-hmm. and feisty cherry. Whoa. Those are the flavors. Wait, is it going to be different from regular cherry Coke? It's feisty. Well, see, I think mm-hmm. that's it. They're adding adjectives, I guess. Yeah, it's probably just cherry Coke. So are we still going to have the short and stout cans? Yeah, but those are useless. Why? Well, because it's two swallows. They're yeah, just, it's just they're, not enough. They're little, they're swallow it's, cans. But it's still 12 ounces. That's the no, same. This, this one's just going to be tall and skinny. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Just the regular 12-ounce oh, yeah. cans. Oh, I bet, yeah. Well, sure. They still have, you know, no, people that... Soda machines. Of a certain age, we'll put it that way, who still consume this product. I'm not talking about the micro cans yeah, that are, are twice the price. Yeah, those are annoying. The company spent two years on the makeover and tested more than 30 flavors. Before wow. settling on this four. So then the question has to be asked, mm-hmm. what are the flavors that didn't make the cut? Are they any good? Yeah. Uh-huh. What made them settle on feisty cherry? Well, because it's th- these, you want somebody, you want that edgy, feisty kind of, hey, don't hold me down. I'm going to fight back. So yeah. That's, I guess they're trying to appeal using the adjectives. Is so, that what it is? So does this describe a millennial? No. Uh, th- this it must describe the millennial. Ginger. Okay. Twisted, zesty, feisty. Now that's a millennial. Do you think they just like market tested the words rather than the product? They must have. They just, These words rock. But interesting, they, they like added ginger. So it's yeah. almost like, are they trying to create almost this health drink too? I mean, is there something? Well, no, the health drink is the Diet Coke Plus that's in Japan that has fiber in it. Yeah. Whoa. But if you drink too much, there's a warning that says it acts as a laxative. So be careful. Are they all going to be diet? Is that the hip yeah, yeah, yeah. thing to do? The whole yeah. point this is, is that Diet Coke is falling in market share. Matt's not. I can't. See, Matt got his built-in filter removed. Yeah. Single. So he, 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 yeah. Can't, he can't consume as much as he used to, and they're feeling that sort of lack of dollars coming but, in. Now, so just they so need you know, to, huh? I don't know if you know, but my, your gallbladder is not... Used for that purpose. Well, I know, but you did. Kidneys, That's why I broke. My kidneys are damaged <laughs> because of the diet oh, coke. Oh, okay, okay. My so. gallbladder is damaged because of all the high fatty foods. Probably. I thought you were misusing your gallbladder. That was the story. Yeah. No, no, I don't okay. know. I, I would just leave at night and go pig out. <laughs>
Ah, doing what we can to make you healthier, folks, one Diet Coke at a time. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the program. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side, along with Terry and Jeff. The gang all gathered, worked out, ready, apparently diet coked up. Actually not. I don't think any of us are on Diet Coke Not until that blueberry uh, tinge is gone. Feisty cherry. Well, yeah. The blueberry. We had a problem where they put a product in and then replaced it in that same fountain a a coke and it so it had always had this and so coke had a blueberry pom- was it blueberry or pomegranate which some people may yeah. enjoy that no, may be a delicious. new flavor maybe that was one of the mm-hmm. ones they rejected for their new line of diet coke blueberry diet coke is not one that's enjoyable that i liked the sassy pomegranate diet coke hmm flavor i think or that's the... what they also call mark wait <laughs> really have you called him that not to his face. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Not smart. That'll hurt you. So uh, it's a great day, folks. I know it's you know it's Thursday, and a lot of you might be out there thinking, "Yeah, Matt, what makes it so great? I've got ten things to do today." Well, one thing that makes it great is you're you are alive, which is part of the battle, and maybe more importantly, you um, you. You're not the president of the United States. I was thinking the other day when everyone was talking about Oprah maybe running, I thought, why? Why? Why would you do that? Oprah has a she, great life. She has to have a marketing team that's saying, why would you do this? You've got only so much good. Bad. There's no way you can come right. out of being a president and be positive. By the way, did you see what happened to Oprah's home in Santa Barbara? Yeah. She was marching through like three feet of mud. It is yeah. crazy. Those those landslides and the mudslides because of the fires and it's hit Oprah Winfrey's home. Again, it's a multi, multi, multi million dollar home. Which was probably insured. Yeah, but still it's sad. Yeah. And now she's may have to run for president. Maybe that's her only option at this point. Maybe that was the last straw. That's it. I'm running. But she I mean, she could always work for Weight Watchers. She could be mm-hmm. a pitchman. She could keep her her learning, her her Oprah... Harpo Network, the one where she does well, all the great own, speeches. and own. She sold that off. Did she? I think Discovery Networks is the full owner, and she is like yeah. the person that kind of runs it. My vote is, and I think she'd be a great president, but if just, you know, if she were my friend, I'd say no. I'd say just... If you were her Gale. If I were her, if I were her Gale... Uh-huh. By the way, I need a Gale. Which one of you are my Gale? Uh, Palakiko? There you go. See, okay. I, I'm sorry. First instinct, you know I what? threw you under the bus. I'm sorry. By the way, what I noticed, though, is that neither of you wanted to be my Gale. It seems like I'm a lot saying. of work. Yeah. but like, There's like ah! vacations. There's, like there's just trips hanging together. out. There's we phone calls. We find our favorites. Oh. Don't you think we could sit around like a, on a rainy day and just... Drink cocoa and wear really big sweaters. And talk about our favorite things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Maybe not. Seems lonely now. I feel lonely for some odd reason. 
Oh well, whatever. Let's uh, let's let's break the monotony by getting uh, to the headlines with Terry. Terry, what should we be focused on? Speaking of California, death toll from the mudslides that swept through several Montecito, California neighborhoods rose to 17 on Wednesday. Authorities are saying children are among the deceased. Uh, authorities say 100 homes, eight commercial properties have been destroyed, 300 houses have been damaged. Uh, as of last report, 28 people injured, 24 missing, and they expect the death toll to rise. The uh, biggest complaint now is that local authorities sent out a text alert as the mudslides were happening. There were things on uh, messages on social media that were kind of alerting people to the possibility of this. But once they knew it was happening, they decided, okay, now send out the text message when like, uh. mud's coming through your back door. Maybe, you know, a few minutes beforehand. And we it's all the same, knew there would be mud, Similar right? I mean, problems with the fires. The messages either went out super late or didn't go out, and 40 people died. Uh, right? So there's yeah. this debate on when you send these messages out. You don't want to alert people if it's not an actual alert, but these seem like there was a, 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 there was a reason to send well, out you a know, message. Well, you know, too, we've so. seen scenarios where they do alert people. They all leave and nothing happens. Right. Everyone's mad. You almost can't win unless you overdo it. That's why a lot, a lot of municipalities during the hurricanes erred on the side of extreme caution. Just err, yeah. If you do it that way, then people are going to get mad that you were like, you know, false alarm, but at least everyone was safe. Yeah. Right? Uh, President Donald Trump on Wednesday appeared to backtrack on his previous commitment to be interviewed by special counsel Robert Mueller. He said, I, I'll speak to attorneys, Trump said. Uh, we'll see what happens. Last year, Trump said he would be 100%. He would 100% speak with Mueller under oath. On Wednesday, Trump said Mueller's investigation, which is looking into possible Trump-Russia collusion, is a phony cloud over his administration when they have no collusion and no one's found any collusion at any level. It seems unlikely that you'll even have an interview. And then he pointed out that at one point there was one interview where Hillary Clinton wasn't even uh, sworn in. So why should I do anything under oath? Right. She didn't. Yeah. Again, we're bringing her up. But you know, we do it because you're the president and you're going to clear this off. And once you clear this off no. this year, boy, you're, you'll be able to take and, off. You'll be clean as a vessel. And it's interesting. They're saying there's no reason for the investigation, though four people have been indicted. Huh. Yeah, but not for collusion? No, but for well, everything else. One of them was talking about it in a restaurant in London. Yeah, And an Australian that's... diplomat alerted the <laughs> FBI, so there's that. Yeah. Um, a polling overall, an, uh, an entire forty-eight percent of voters say it's very or somewhat likely that Trump will be cleared of any wrongdoing in twenty eighteen. While thirty-seven percent say it's not too likely or not likely at all that Trump will be cleared. This is a new poll from Politico and Morning Consult. It also found that four in ten Americans say it's a distinct possibility that one of Trump's relatives, such as Donald Trump Jr. or Jared Kushner, will be indicted in the coming months. <gasps> That's kind of the American feel of the situation. Oh, I can't believe that. That would be, by the way, if if Jared Kushner gets indicted, or little Donnie, yeah, big deal. That is mm. huge. This is the president. Now they'll both be, you know, taken care of by the president. Yeah, <laughs> but it that is a huge deal. I kind of want the indictment to happen just so they'll be pardoned, so that everyone's hair is on fire for. Three oh, but see, days. then that means we then fight that for two and a ah, half years. Why not? Everything else is crazy. Can't just... we all just get along? The number one word for Americans used to describing President Trump's first year in office was? Chaotic. Disaster. Really? According mm. to a Quinnipiac University oh, poll found in really? open-ended question that garnered the same unhappy answer from 69 different people. The second most uh, 
popular word was chaotic. 62 people used that, followed by successful, horrible, great, good, terrible, embarrassing, <laughs> and a diplomatic few who said, interesting. See, that's that's yeah, uh, that's my favorite positive. word. That's positive. But it wasn't it. I mean, we couldn't we all agree it was stressful. This yeah. has been a more stressful year. Mm-hmm. We could maybe all agree it's been exhausting. Yeah. But th- then it gets political. 21 people enthused. It, they said it was awesome, while five others went ahead and called it a catastrophe, asked to <laughs> give the president a grade. 39% of voters gave Trump an F. 16% gave him an A. Really? There's some polling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence and his wife Karen will lead the U.S. delegate because he can't go anywhere without his wife, right? Well, right. By the way, honestly, I think that's way cool. If, if the man wants to eat dinner, he needs his wife with him. But so. how, on it, for the first time, finally, a guy that likes his wife right. in Washington, D.C. <laughs> or that go. is terrified of being accused of something. There you go. That's, there's that, too. Maybe that's why they're good partners. So Mike Pence and his wife Karen will lead the U.S. delegation at the Winter Olympics in South Korea. The White House announced Wednesday U.S. delegations to the Olympics typically attend the opening ceremonies, meet with athletes, and participate and events in the host city. Pence's attendance is additionally intended to reinforce the strong U.S. presence on the Korean Peninsula and send a clear signal to North Korea that, yo, we're still here. It doesn't say that, but that's yo. what they're saying. Yo, yo, we, me and my we're missus, still we're still here. YOLO. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I really, I think that's, I mean, a lot of people think that's like old-fashioned. Yeah. But I think it's awesome. Well, it's it's awesome, but then it, there's a whole other argument. There are, there are. To, yeah. yeah. Um, but those are arguments posed by people that are anti-Pence. Or... He, he just likes being with the missus. Right. And, hey, free trip to wherever. Sure. Go to North Korea and hang out. Or South Korea. You, yeah. Wouldn't that be fun if Mike Pence just decided, on a whim, to just go to North Korea? That would be. Would they go? To, would they would talk to him, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't even make news though. Well, I'm sure it would make something. It would get crazy fast. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, finally, if uh, performance artists did it, people might consider it a bold choice. What? On a robbery suspect, however, bold might not be the word you want to use. Get Police point. in Houston hmm. say a 40 year old Robert Wooten, Wooten has his social has his social security number tattooed on his forehead. Oh boy. The why is not clear, but the consequences are <laughs> Wooten is wanted for a string of armed robberies, and witnesses have identified him, thanks in part to what police call his distinctive tattoos. <laughs> he has another on his neck that says 713. That's apparently his area code where he lives. Which well, is maybe he has that really short-term memory, like that guy in Memento, mm. so he's got to do all those tattoos over his but body. It's on, but it's on his forehead. He can't see it. You look in a mirror, you can. So now well, that's all backwards. Now he's got to remember to have a mirror. Well, maybe he's dyslexic. Hmm. Maybe he's mirror. Maybe he can only read things in the mirror. He's obviously not worried about somebody stealing his identity. No. That's a. Isn't that weird when you go in and you're getting a tattoo? Never done this, but hmm. um, and they're like, "So what do you want? Do you, I mean, do you want a bird? Do you want like a rainbow? Do you want me to put someone's name?" And he's like, "No, I think I'll go with my social security number." <laughs> that's just awkward. Really? Yeah, I'm going to do my blood type on my right arm. And then eventually I'm going to give all my PIN passwords and, and PIN codes. Those are all going to be on my back. And then on my toes, the name of my second grade teacher. Wow. Yeah, it's a little odd. Wild. The photograph's a little strange because it's whatever. You but know, we will be digit. posting it on our Twitter feed at Dr. Matt. He wants it shared, apparently. He's not afraid. And by the way, if you were into stealing an identity, 
That's an easy one. <laughs> He's making it easy. You know what, though? How many of us forget our social security cards when we're starting a new job or interviewing for yeah. a job? He's just got it right there. That's not the card, though. Doesn't have to be. I mean, if you really want a tattoo, it'd just, be a lot more painful. Is you'd have to actually tattoo the entire card. Right. Just put your head down on the copy. It's like, does this count? <laughs> <laughs> just Xerox your face. It'll be great. Wow. Okay. That's one way to do it. Weird. I, yeah. That's a lot of pain for one, just to remember your social. Hmm. Oh, people. Or, or, or so he doesn't have to remember. He just points at it. If somebody asks, he just points at it. Yeah, like when you're opening up a new account. Hey, what's, what's your social? Right there, right there. What's the last four digits? Okay, you know, so, oh, you, sir, you're furrowing your brow. <laughs> okay, now you got it. All right. All right. Let's 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 get to the real empty news now. I mean, that, I don't know what we do with Yeah, I just that. thought I'd toss it out there and see what happened. That's just out there. Jeffrey Liam Simpson, uh, our anchor for the empty news. The empty news team. First on the scene. Fifth on facts. Are you a fan of the Three Stooges? I've never been a fan of them. They always made me nervous. Why? As a child, I would watch them and I'd think, I don't like these guys. <laughs> because if they were your friends, you don't know at any moment you could get poked in the eyes. You could get hit over the head. Plus, the, just the social embarrassment of these people always like, sure. Have you ever done anything to upset a hairstylist? No. I don't think so. Well, consider yourself lucky then because there is this uh, young person, 22 years old, who did something to miff this hairstylist. <laughs> Apparently, he was kind of moving around, squiggling, and that really does upset them. No, totally. When they're always having to tell you, hold still, mm-hmm. and they're like forcing your head down, move to the left, yeah. move to the right. So he just couldn't stay still. So uh, the uh, the hairstylist gave him... What appeared to be a Larry Fine hairdo. Oh, no way. As a little payback. So, uh, yeah, just really quickly, um, cut a big old strip down the middle of the head <laughs> on the shortest attachment, leaving him look like a, a bit like Larry from the Three Stooges. Wow. And officers arrested the hairstylist, who pleaded not guilty to disorderly conduct. Really? So they arrested him for disorderly conduct um, instead of just... Malpractice. Isn't there something that's a, it's like illegal use of hair clippers? I don't know. It, it, I think that only comes into play when you're doing it on animals. I think he'd have a better – yes. I think he'd have a better argument on um, – in a civil court than a criminal court because this is malpractice. Can you imagine him, the uh, the victim showing up in court though and the judge trying to take him seriously? <laughs> OK. So, so explain it one more time. Yeah. So <laughs> – I've never been a huge three. I don't. I've never sat down and watched them, but the little clips that I've seen, that type of slapstick. eh. The high sensitive in me, I can't rest with people if like that around me. It looks painful to you. It does. Well, and I they're either going somehow it will be affecting me. Like Hmm. you're either going to poke me, hammer me over the head. Run over. Something's going to happen soon, or you're going to shave my head. So, there, yeah, there's some sort of a sympathy mm-hmm. element there. Mm-hmm. It's like when somebody takes their fingernails to a chalkboard. Yeah. Right? It's like, Ugh. ooh, that sounded like that. Yes, it did. So here's another one. A police say a man who tried and failed to rob an Ohio convenience store with a fake gun made from pieces of furniture 
has been charged with robbery. So he, he fashioned his own gun out of a piece of furniture. Yeah, and it makes total sense. Who, who among us has not been sitting in their lazy boy and uh, while they're reaching for the lever to recline, they thought, you know, this might make a good gun. Yeah. Until you pull it out and, and the person's like, hey, isn't that the arm to your recliner? Sure. You know, most of the time, though, more so than a, a furniture gun, I would be more worried about like the really sharp food items that are stuck in between the cushions. Yeah. Those can get pointy. Oh, totally. So uh, Akron police say the man walked into a local Circle K store Monday afternoon waving what appeared to be a rifle and demanding cash. An employee realized the rifle was a fake and confronted the man with the help of three customers. The man <laughs> tried to flee but was subdued and detained by the people in the store until police arrived. Police say the man had a pole, a fake scope, a spring, wow, and two table legs fastened together to look like a rifle. Well, wouldn't that's a lot of work. Wouldn't you just go buy a rifle? It's a good question. Maybe he didn't want to actually commit a crime with a gun. Guessing if he's robbing a Circle K, he doesn't have the money for a gun. No, or he wants a Slim Jim. <laughs> um, by the way, great news uh, before we move on in the empty news. I found my remote. Uh, I didn't tell you guys this, but Apple has done a very deviant thing. On their newest um, Apple TV, TV, mm-hmm. they've created a beautiful remote, right. but it's small. It's it's their all their remotes are small, mm-hmm. and it's also hard to figure out what the top and the bottom is. Yeah. Since it's the way it's shaped. It's it feels the same mm-hmm. in the dark. So we lost true. We lost ours. Couldn't it falls find in the it. Co- couch about, cushions, all gone. kinds of stuff. Yeah. So Apple, need, it's 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 obviously it's a design flaw. They put a find your remote feature on this the version, the new version. The newest version. Yeah. So you can like, but I don't know how you trigger it without the remote since that's how you trigger it. Trigger it. You so need I don't to know. I'll have to figure your, that out. You need to set up your phone as a remote. All right. By the way. Great idea. We lost our remote at, uh, at one point and of all places where it could have been, my wife found it under the oven drawer. Mm, the mouse. No, this is a different house. So one of my daughters just wandered off into the kitchen with it. And somehow when she was using that, you know, those long under the appliance wands that your vacuum has. And uh, it was under there, under the drawer of our oven. So if you're listening right now and you have lost. Look under the oven. It's under the oven. Or check your cushion. Check deep, deep down in the couch. Now, what's your remote? You said you found your remote. We found it. It was in the couch? It was in the couch. Okay. You could also check your pants. And I don't mean to be crude, but this is just our segue into the the next story before we take a break. Yeah, you never know what you find. There's a 26-year-old Florida man arrested after a report that he removed a full rack of ribs from his waistband. Okay, it's that time of year. It's that time of year. It, there's something that happens, and it's usually it's a magical Florida, time of year when people start they they steal meat, mm-hmm. and they stuff it down their pants, and not like a pork chop. Yeah, no, something but, that really isn't going to be easy this to was transport. A full rack of ribs. Yeah. Well, that one makes sense though, because who's to say that the store clerks wouldn't mistake those for his real ribs? Maybe that's the whole point. Well, they are, they are, you know, cow, I guess, ribs. Yeah. And he's not a cow. And I mean, they could knock on, knock on the ribs if they wanted to well, check, well, and they would feel like ribs. Uh, Seems like the dead giveaway is the fact that the ribs don't have his skin over them. And they were in his leg pant. 
So just your well, ribs are your legs, leg. your legs have ribs too. So anyway, he was accused of pulling pilfered meat from his pants, and he was identified by sheriff's deputies as Maeli Aguilar Alvarez. Uh-huh. A sheriff's sergeant reported spotting Aguilar Alvarez exit a local market about 6.15 before plucking the ribs from his pants. It's unclear whether the ribs were beef or pork. That's the problem. You don't know. I'm guessing beef. A further search yielded two packs of hamburger buns. Oh, he was making a night of it. Nine pieces of fried chicken. Wow. And some mashed potatoes. Those are some pants. And they said the potatoes weren't in that container. They were just in his pocket. And they didn't start out mashed, but he put, he, him, put he, them in there and then they became mashed. He had pocket <laughs> potatoes. Uh, no reports of condiments. I love pocket potatoes. No, no uh, beverages. You go through all that effort and you don't get a beverage. I mean, come on. How are you going to finish off. that meal off? Water? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you know that he was on his way to the next store to get the beverage. Oh, okay. You know what, though? Uh, maybe he can be the next contestant on one of the newest game shows, Will It Fit? There's a new game show that's setting out to answer the question, Will It Fit? <laughs> on Will It Fit, contestants try and squeeze various groceries into their pants. <laughs> Items like a 20-pound bag of ice... <laughs> of dog food and a pineapple. Will it break? Will it hurt? And most importantly, will it fit? Coming soon to BGC. Many people use their smartphones, tablets, or computers while in bed as a way to relax before going to sleep. The blue light from these devices have been shown to interfere with a person's ability to go to sleep. Just over a year ago, Apple introduced a lighting technology called Night Shift. Night Shift changes the lighting on the phone to produce less blue light so it can actually help you snore, you know, snore and nod off faster. But will it really work? Well, a few months back, I spoke with Dr. Jeffrey Goodfellow, who's an associate professor and assistant dean for curriculum and assessment at Illinois College of Optometry. I began the interview by asking Dr. Goodfellow to explain how light affects our ability to sleep. Well, light is, uh, you know, daylight and the sun is has long been um, an indicator for all of us, um, even before the age of having clocks and, and things like that. Um, when the sun comes up, our, it tells our body it's time to wake up and get ready for the day. And when it gets dark outside, that also kind of tells us that it's time to, uh, to go to sleep and get rested for the next day. And so, um, you know, the, the natural cycle of sunlight is, is something that kind of uh, is kind of built into um you know, the way our our bodies work. And so the, the whole idea of circadian rhythms, which is kind of, you know, the body has a clock that kind of um, is important to kind of uh, keep on a schedule. And, and we know whether it's whether we fly in an airplane and have jet lag or we stay up too late working on a project or things like that, that anytime we disrupt that cycle or that, that rhythm, um, you know, things kind of get out of whack. We don't feel as well. We're more prone to get sick. Um, you know, the, the, we're just not really designed to, to just be awake all the time. So it's important to kind of keep that cycle and rhythm. And so light certainly plays an important role on that. Um, 
you know, there's still a lot that's really not not known about, you know, how all of that um, works. But we know that it's um, the wavelengths of, of light that come at us that um, enter our eyes and give us, uh, gives our brain some feedback about uh, about when we, we need to get up and when we go to sleep. Because mm. we have, uh, you know, we have blue light, I guess, it's it's glowing off of our iPhones and our iPads and our television screens, and um, but we also have LED lights. And I guess these the impact of these I, we're having more and more uh, blue light in in kind of just our day to day purchases and in our day to day lives. Is that true than than ever before? That that is certainly true. And so. Um, you know, researchers have found that, you know, when we, we think about how the sun kind of keeps us regulated, that, you know, sunlight is made up of um, all the colors of the rainbow, as, as we kind of remember from our, our elementary school days. Um, and um, in addition to infrared light as well as ultraviolet light, all of those uh, forms of, of the electromagnetic spectrum are coming at us from the sun. But researchers have really identified that it's kind of that blue area of the spectrum, that blue or purple right up against um, before it becomes ultraviolet rays, that that blue light is kind of the one that it does the regulation for us. And that's mm. kind of what triggers us to, to um Go, you know, go to bed and wake up uh, on, on a schedule. And you know, for the longest time, our main source of blue light was really from from the sun. And um, the you know, even the light indoor electric light bulbs um, that have you know powered our country for a long time, they had kind of a yellowish cast to them. You know, the old incandescent old-fashioned light right. bulb, it was more kind of the warm colors, kind of the, the, the yellowish. And so blue light was not really included in the in the, the spectrum of light that was coming off of these older type of, of lights. And so that's kind of why they had mm. a yellowish hue to them. So being exposed to, to that type of light doesn't kind of trigger the mechanism in our brain to kind of stay awake. Um, but you're right. All of the, the new devices, the LED lights, the compact fluorescent lights, um, a lot of the more modern lighting now is more kind of the cool white lighting. It has more kind of a – it resembles more of the, the sunshine, you know, the, the kind of that white uh, mm-hmm. white or that cooler uh, color. But because, you know, what makes that have more of a white or a cooler color and not be as yellow as the old-fashioned light bulbs is that they're including more blue in the spectrum uh, of, of what those lights emit. And so we are kind of being bombarded all day long with, um, with blue lights in our office. Offices, blue lights um, in LEDs um, and blue lights in all these um, devices that we stare at all day long and, you know, staring at our, our phone even right before we go to sleep. All of those those blue lights are kind of sending signals to our brain to, hey, it's day. We should stay up late, uh, keep working kind of a feeling. <laughs> Is it um... – it's it's so funny. I went and they're incentivizing people, you know, to buy these LED lights because they're more they're, uh, they're they're friendlier to the environment. So I went and bought a bunch of them, not necessarily knowing that there's kind of the warmer light. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't I couldn't discern while I was at the store. And I bought a bunch of the bluer uh, LED bulbs um, and you know put them in our upstairs. And then at night, it looked like I don't know. It kind of looked like a landing strip. Um, or like a marijuana grow site um, in my upstairs because it's such a different light. And I real I noticed just in my own energy, um, you know, I feel better in a warmer light than just these bright blue lights. Is that what is it doing to me? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, for one, you know, there's not a lot of research, you know, out there to show, you know, the long-term effects of these type of lights. And so, you know, lighting is kind of a subtle difference. I guess I don't want to paint the picture that, oh, my goodness, you got to get those out of your house. These are very yeah, right. dangerous or things like that. But you're right. There are kind of these subtle, um, you know, one, sometimes it could just even be a subjective preference of just, you know, the, the way that your room feels. You know, we know that color in general um, changes the way that we see the world and, um, you know, and, you know, the, the lighting is a very important choice um, that certainly designers talk about, um, you know, the type of lighting that they put in, in grocery stores or in museums is chosen for a very specific reason uh, right. to highlight what's there and to make people feel a certain way. And so um, you're right if, um, you know, the, the choices of lighting that you have at home can really kind of change the way you see the world and kind of feel. And sometimes it almost can be, you know, walk into a room, it's almost too bright or just kind of just, you know, overstimulating sometimes. And sometimes kind of a, a warmer um, light can be a little bit more comforting, um, mm. especially at nighttime. You know, one of the things about LED lights is they are just so powerfully bright. And, um, you know, you know, the, the, unless you have things on a dimmer or things like that, the, the amount of light that we need, um, especially later in the day, um, you know, needs to, is, is often less. Even when you're using, you know, your computer screen, for example, you know, during the day when it's pretty light outside, you might need to have that screen very bright so that it shows up in contrast to the rest of the world. But at night, that same screen brightness would just seem way overpowering. And so you have to kind of uh, bring down the, the uh, illumination a little bit to right. make, uh, feel comfortable. And, and thus, uh, the topic here. Um, so, Night Shift was then created, I guess, or engineered by Apple's team so that these new devices and all of our iPhones, iPads, they now have the ability, I guess, to remove the blue light and and make it a more yellow light. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, essentially, they're basically just um, adding an algorithm to their screen, um, you know, output to kind of remove or turn off the pixels that are emitting more of the blue spectrum. And the idea is, is that if if it's the blue spectrum, which artificially causes people to, um, you know, their brains to kind of experience daylight and awake feelings, if they turn off those pixels, um, it would allow people to to use their device closer to bedtime um, without necessarily having the overstimulation of, 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 you know, being awake. So the idea is, is that, um, you know, Hopefully, people can turn off their device and get to sleep in in a better way. Yeah, I mean, you're the optometrist and uh, or a professor, and um, I'm thinking that um, all we'd have to really do is just shut our eyes. <laughs> you're right, <laughs> and and, uh, and and just you know. Our eyes are really not designed to be staring at computers or even books, paper books, um, for you know all this time. You know, our eyes—the default focus of our eyes—is really for far away viewing, and uh, you know, so you know, our eyes are meant to kind of zoom in and focus a little bit on something up close, and then kind of go back to their default focus mm. of looking far away. So. Um, you know, when we kind of lock our focus up close, when we read or we use a, 
computer or hold an, uh, an iPad or a smartphone up to our eyes for just many, many hours, you know, that alone causes a lot of strain. It really, you know, whether there's blue light there or not um, is not necessarily the, the, the magic answer, but you're very right. Just you know, giving your eyes a break oftentimes can be um, helpful. <laughs> go to sleep. Making, yeah, go to sleep. You know, it's uh, and, and you know, and and some of the re- the researchers are also not clear about you know what you know what you do before bedtime um, does impact a lot on how quickly you can fall asleep. You know, whether you exercise too much or you have too much caffeine or whether you know you you've uh, you're excited about something. And so there's some research to say, you know what, using a smartphone um, before bed is just stimulating your mind and keeps you kind of active. And maybe it's not so much the blue light that's keeping you right. awake. It's just the idea of just being kind of stimulated before bed, which you know, if you're not using your phone, if you're kind of in quiet meditation or you're just kind of kind of, you know, preparing mentally for the, the next day and kind of ramping down, um, that that might be the key to, to having a better night's sleep so much than, than the blue light itself. Yeah. I mean, Jeffrey, when I grew up, you know, it was about counting sheep. <laughs> right? And now we're like playing some bejeweled game. Right. Exactly. It's messed up. We've been talking with Dr. Jeffrey Goodfellow, who is an associate professor and assistant dean at uh, the uh, Illinois College of Optometry. Talk about the um, uh, – the, I guess the strain is a big deal, right? Because I, I've always wondered what these phones are doing to us um, because we're we, – like you were saying, we have this this phone a foot from our head, our face. We're focusing at a level and – it's staying there for hours with light probably that we're not used to. And it's is it impacting us? What does it do to our eyes? Well, there does seem to um, be information that suggests that, you know, all of these um, near devices may be taking a toll on our eyes. You know, there's um, the long-term toll is kind of difficult to determine. Uh, I'll start with the short-term um, and I think um, there is lots of information to show that um, eye strain is definitely something that is um, common, as well as dry eye, irritable eyes, headaches, those type of things, which definitely come from us using our eyes in an up-close environment for just extended periods of time. Um, and as we had mentioned before, you know, our, our eyes are really designed, um, you know, out of the gate to be looking far away. And so um, we have uh, the ability inside of our, our eyes for our lens to kind of change its shape. And there's a little muscle in the eye which can kind of um, change the focus of the lens to allow us to see up close. Right. It's really designed to just do that briefly and then kind of go back to looking far away. So when we kind of lock our focus in up close, um, it definitely can cause all kinds of, uh, you know, um, you know, problems. And I think the other thing, too, is, is that, um, you know, all of our eyes are different, and some people have um, eyes that may not be perfectly aligned, or they may have, a, you know, a f- one eye may not focus as well as the other, or there may be other underlying things that under normal circumstances, um, you know, the person's able to compensate for those and be fine. But when you put their eyes under intense strain by looking at a computer all day or reading a book for, you know, five hours without taking a break, all those kind of things, um, it may, those little problems can start to become a big deal and Hmm. people may start to to notice, um, you know, problems with headaches and uncomfortable vision. I guess we're, we are newer to the blue light than we are, I guess, the UV light, uh, right? I mean, because the UV light, 
that that does cause other issues like cataracts, and I guess we don't know what the blue light does yet. That's a fair statement. I think um, researchers have have long known that ultraviolet um, light um, it, it can be damaging to all um, body tissues, and certainly um, we're all well informed about wearing sunscreen on a on a sunny day. And and um, as um, eye care professionals, everybody has been you know told for many many years now wear sunglasses outside. You need to protect your eyes because um, you know the front of your eyes can get sunburned just like any other structure of the eye and. Um, you're right. The inside of the eye, the cataracts of um, that can happen to the the lens inside the eye, um, as well as you know more serious things like macular degeneration, mm. some real um, serious problems that you know after many many years of exposure to ultraviolet light, um, that damage kind of builds up cumulatively over time, and you know um, we have some of our elderly patients that end up with a lot of these. Um, you know, pretty, you know, serious, you know, eye problems that causes them to lose vision and, and kind of function in life. Um, so, you know, we we are often told about, you know, protect your eyes from from UV radiation um, to protect those things. But more recently, um, you know, blue light has now also been implicated in kind of causing some of those things as well. And and if you think about the the, the whole spectrum of you know, UV light gradually blends into purple and blue light, which gradually, you know, blends into, you know, the the, the green, orange, and yellow, and the reds, and gradually fades into infrared. It's a, it is a a, a spectrum, and mm. it's a slow change from one. If you can imagine, even the rainbow is not just pure red, and then a clear bright right. switches to orange. It's a fading, and so, you know. Ultraviolet, which we know is damaging, um, is right up against kind of these blue and purple lights. And so there isn't, you know, a, a real line in the sand where this is the, the um, you know, the yeah. cutoff of where light is, you know, where radiation is damaging and light right next to it is perfectly safe and healthy. It's a slow change. And so like a lot of things in life, um, you know, everything kind of in moderation in that um, some of these blue um, lights, although they're not as dangerous as, as some of the ultraviolet spectrum, because they're up against the short wavelengths of, of UV light, they also now have been implicated in having some, some properties that in the long term can kind of damage our eyes over time. Yeah. Again, we're speaking with Dr. Jeffrey Goodfellow um, about uh, about the blue light that's coming off of your phones, your iPads, and uh, I mean it's it's really it's it's everywhere anyway. But now we're actually just pushing it into our faces from about a foot away. Uh, Dr. Goodfellow, let me ask you this because I've noticed that when I am around people that are on their phone. Uh, and I want you to tell me if there's a correlation. Um, a lot of these people seem to become antisocial. They become incredibly boring people that don't talk to you and just look at their screen. Does anything? Does any of that have anything to do with the light? Probably not. Okay. Darn it. <laughs> Probably not. I, w- I wish I could, uh, even for my own kids and all the, the students that I get to work with, I think our <laughs> yeah. entire society has really uh, been easily distracted for I, sure. It's like making zombies. It seems like this light generates – it's the zombie apocalypse. It's the way the zombie gets into us. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when we kind of laugh, and, and although I can say that it probably has nothing to do with, with your eyes, I mean, there is kind of a long-term – cumulative effect socially on, I think, our culture and our society right. um, when, when uh, young people are trained from a very early age 
to be intently um, engaged in their device. And I think that there is some literature out there to show that, you know, some of our younger people are not maybe uh, as adept at communicating um, with one another as they once were from all these different things. That's the key, too, because we're not we don't have long term research, right? We've only been doing this for a decade or so. And um, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what really happens there. Talk to us about some solutions. What are things that I should be doing uh, to make sure that uh, my eyes are protected, that I'm not, you know, you know, losing my nearsightedness or my farsightedness? What what are the precautions we should take? Well, probably the the first thing is is just to be um, smart in the way that you use your eyes. Um, so certainly, um, you know, when you are um, reading and doing things up close. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I need I use a computer all day in, at my work. Um, I certainly have a smartphone in my pocket, which gets me around town, and and I spend a lot of time on that as well. But the, probably the more important thing is is just. Uh, you know, the American Optometric Association has what they call the 20-20-20 rule, which is, you know, every 20 minutes when you're working on a computer or smartphone, give your eyes a 20-second break by looking at something 20 feet away. In other words, just these periodic breaks where you return your eyes kind of to their default focus far away is just enough to kind of give them a break, relax those muscles in the eye, and then after that, you're kind of ready and refreshed again to to have another 20 minutes of work. So just, you know, just periodic breaks and go a long way into kind of reducing a lot of the eye strain and some of the things that go on. Um, the other thing is is to to blink your eyes frequently when you're using when you're reading when you're using a computer smartphone iPad those type of things um, we know um, you know the research data has shown that you know our our normal blink rate that we just our eyes automatically blink without us thinking about it decreases um, considerably when we when we stare at a near device <laughs> and we hold our eyes open longer and yeah. so uh, because of that they um, are more prone to getting dried out strained so even just being conscious about blinking your eyes frequently and whether it's, you know, at the end of every line or uh, certain paragraphs, things like that, you just kind of blink frequently. That can also help too. And then I think probably, you know, most important after that is just protecting your eyes. So making sure that um, you wear sunglasses outside, making sure that you wear sports glasses or eye protection when you're playing sports or, or doing anything, working out in the garage and, and things like that to protect your eyes. And then probably the last thing would be um, to make sure that you, you get a regular eye exam um, at least once a year to just um, make sure your eyes are healthy, uh, make sure that they can see well, make sure the eyes are well aligned, make sure that the pressure in the eyes is okay, make sure the vision is good. Um, there are so many things, um, like anything with the body, if there's a problem, you want to know about it early um, rather than it, before it becomes a problem that's difficult to fix. And so um, regular eye care also goes a long way to kind of make making sure your eyes are in uh, tip-top shape. Yeah. Uh, great advice. Uh, let's do one more question because I can hear somebody out there saying, why are you picking on technology? So <laughs> so help me with this one, doctor, and just you, you can make it as easy or as hard as you'd like. Um, when it comes to the sun, we shouldn't stare into the sun, right? For sure. Okay. Ba- bad for our eyes. Bad, bad. Okay, so we've covered the spectrum. Uh, Don't look at technology too long. Use all of these other techniques. Like that blinking thing makes sense, right? People aren't Mm -hmm. blinking as much, yet you're taking in all this light. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Like it seems counterintuitive. It seems like you would naturally blink more. But uh, 
but you but we don't. And protect the eyes. Look kind of at a mid-range area. These are great, great tools for all of us. Dr. Jeffrey Goodfellow, thank you so much for your insight and uh, your insight, no pun intended, but we appreciate it. And we are going to uh, take your advice to heart. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a great day, Matt. Take care. Again, Dr. Jeffrey Goodfellow, think about it. You're not blinking, but you're looking and staring at something and your brain's like, yeah, let's, let's blink less. That's why they're drying out. If your eyes crack and, you know, make weird noises when you blink, you need to blink more. You need some more fluid in there. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. BYU Radio. Welcome back, my dear friends. And uh, by the way, as a profound point in that last interview, again, clarified by the good doctor, do not look directly at the sun. Yes. I'm glad you asked the question. Unless it's a solar total eclipse. Yeah, but remember, they told us even then, just don't mess. Hmm. Remember the president I thought they that. said. I thought they said look at it. Yeah, no. In that circumstance. No. There, I mean, there's that split second that you could, I guess, yeah. but it's a split second. It's the second before and after that that's blinding. Uh, now, here's the next thing. You may be looking for a job. The economy's yep. not always great, and Terry has found a, a great job opportunity for now, somebody. If you watch the news, they'll talk about how the economy's up, companies are making money, there's more people uh, getting raises, possibly. You know, all this is happening. But you may still, as you're saying, looking for a job. It's still tough to find jobs because maybe the, the, the perfect job for you may not just be there. There's this posting that was found by USA Today. Um, it's for Janet Airlines. You ever heard of Janet Airlines? No. Apparently no one has. It's a classified government airline. As USA Today says, it sort of doesn't exist. Okay, good. Uh, it's seeking a Las Vegas-based flight attendant to assist passengers who are believed to be flying to and from government sites in the western U.S., including military bases and secret locales. The government hasn't actually confirmed the existence of Janet Airlines, which might get its name ah. from the Joint Area Network for Employee Transportation. Oh. That's out of Newsweek. Yeah. However, its planes are believed to be white with a blue or red stripe down the fuselage. Reportedly, they fly out of a private terminal at Vegas's McCarran International Airport. Yeah, I've heard of this one. The Air Force-owned planes operate by defense contractor ACOM, ferry government employees and contractors from Las Vegas to Area 51, Tornapah Test Range, and other Air Force bases, Business Insider has previously reported. That's why USA Today suggests serious applicants want to start practicing the line, thanks for flying Janet Airlines, and enjoy your stay at Area 51. While there's no mention of aliens in the job... Uh, in the job description, the, the website does note they must be applicants must be level-headed and clear thinking while handling unusual incidents and situations, severe weather conditions, including turbulence, delays due to weather or mechanicals, yeah. hijacking or bomb threats, Martian Martian uh, Martian autopsies, um, foreign contaminants because mm-hmm. they might be dealing with alien DNA and yeah. then that might be poisonous to us. We don't know. You might have uh, like weird, sticky, 
sputum from an alien right? shot on you in your eyes and burn you. One Good word, sputum. Made famous by the X-Files, which I, um, they're rebooting again for this season. Yeah. I'm enjoying that. Um, they have uh, aliens and they can tell because they have black tar in their eyes. No, black tar mm. in the eyes. Painful. Yeah. It's painful. But you've got to be ready for this because, you know, while you're yeah. serving the peanuts, <laughs> there might be an alien on board. Obtaining and maintaining top secret security clearance is always required for this wouldn't job. You so love, you have to have top security clearance. Wouldn't you love to see the Chicago police try to pull uh, an alien off of one of those planes that's trying to, like, sneak its way back to McLaren? Right. Requesting clearance, Clarence. <laughs> Roger, Roger, what, Roger, Roger, what's your vector, Victor? Uh, now we're doing a, a play on um, airplane. You are acting out the airplane scene. It's the greatest comedy ever. Next to Dumb and Dumber. And calling it mm, acting was really so. generous. Good point. Yeah. You're great. He's a great actor. Um, you think it really is? You think Airplane's the greatest airplane comedy ever? Airplane is the greatest comedy ever. It had O.J. Simpson in it. Mm. No, it had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in it. See? Well, didn't one of them have O.J.? No, those are the Naked Gun films. Oh, that's right. Same filmmakers. Yeah. But same, the key is... Many say the same quality. Get dramatic actors... June Cleaver was in there, too. Yeah. That's true. Get dramatic actors to, with a straight face, say the most ridiculous lines you can think of. And that's, it works perfectly. By the way, it's worked for our show. Mm. Minus the dramatic actors. But lots of ridiculous lines. You want the job. Mm -hmm. You want to be a flight attendant on the secret non-existent airline. Absolutely. Mm. And I'm starting tomorrow. Good stuff, folks. That's why we're here, to help you uh, get a leg up in the airlines industry, if, uh, if you're so inclined. We will continue the journey. More fun next hour. This is The Matt Townsend Show. BYU Radio. For over 40 years, Airborne Airlines has repeatedly been your top choice for traveling for vacations, weddings, and graduations. We would like to thank you for sharing your most precious and intimate moments with us. So, for the next nine months, we're giving away one million air mile points to every baby born on inbound Airborne Airlines flights. Ask your doctor for details. No inducements, castor oil, or midwives are allowed. Minimum drink purchase required. Must not be combined with any other offer. Airborne Airlines, welcoming you aboard and into the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. Hour number three of the program. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on this side. If you missed the first two hours, you will want to go find those. You can uh, go find the podcast, the download by going to uh, a variety of locations, iTunes, Stitcher, um, BYURadio.org. You know, it's everywhere. It's it's on a lot of sources and sites that have, you know. We even podcasts. have one of those cups with the string on them. We can give you the other end. Yeah, we have somebody here always playing the the old episodes. So you can just... Uh, do it the old the old fashioned way. We have had a lot of fun this morning learning about uh, a variety of interesting topics. Today, this hour, we we won't stop the fun. Um, last hour, we learned about that you can easily get a half a rack of ribs, or was it a full rack of ribs in uh, some guy's pants in Florida? 
As well as hamburger buns. Hamburger buns. I think uh, a bunch of uh, pieces of fried chicken and a mashed whole potatoes. pocket full of mashed potatoes. So we, you know, we want to know from you how much – what have you gotten away with uh, by shoving down your pants? For example, how about um, – have, have other than food. I don't know why people are trying to put food down their pants, but it's it's probably – I know I know a guy that walked out, uh, with a with a uh, a big um, roll of like five rolls of toilet paper shoved mm-hmm. down each pant leg. Oh, because he was trying to borrow air quotes. Sure. So my wife paper. snuck in successfully. You know those big yard long plastic tubes of candy that they've started doing at Christmas. Yes. So they used to do these yard-long licorice sticks, and they were yard-long pieces of red vines, yeah, basically. Right. Those are good. In this big plastic tube. So my wife shoved it down her <laughs> pant leg and kind of just limped into this movie theater that we were going to. <laughs> wasn't it like – wasn't it making noise? Wasn't the wrapper – No, no, no. It's just a plastic tube. So uh. – and the genius behind that is – Who's going to stop you and say, uh, "What's with your limp there?" Because well, yeah. then you you feel self conscious. Well, but you don't. You never know what somebody's struggling with physically. No, but so, if you, but if you do smell like fried chicken and uh, you know, it's a good fresh point. ribs. Yeah, I'd probably stop you. It was fun though. We had like a little family feast. Oh, we were cute. able to just stretch it out among yeah. three or four people at the same time and just nibble on it. Ah, did you guys – did each of you take a piece of the licorice in your mouth and then slowly chew it until the magic moment where you your lips met? So it was like Lady and the Tramp? Yeah, with licorice. I just made sure my wife was sitting next to me. That's good. That's good. It's a great rule for all of good us. Good tip. Good tip. In fact, Terry's writing it down. That's great. Yeah. Put that in your journal. Take that home to the missus. Um, Terry, you're going to talk about the headlines today. What should we be paying attention to when it comes to the news? Robert Mueller. Yeah. Reportedly, he has hired a veteran cybersecurity prosecutor to join his White House special counsel team. This out of the Washington Post this morning. Ooh. Ryan K. Dickey, who previously worked on the uh, prosecution against Romanian hacker Guccifer. Who who Is it Guccifer or Guccifer? Could be. Who illegally, it's Guccifer, who illegally accessed the online accounts of multiple U.S. public figures per the post. Dickey's addition is particularly notable because he is the first publicly known member of the team specializing solely in cyber issues. The other expertise is mainly in a variety of white collar crimes, including fraud, money laundering, and public corruption. Yeah. So now we're getting into the cyber crimes. Uh, no, see, this is where people are wondering, like, why are you all over the place, Mr. Mueller? But is he well, or is he extremely like... focused and we're just seeing little pieces that he lets us see? That's a great point. Like yeah. he he leaked out like what four what four indictments? Is that what it is? Two indictments and three. He doesn't almost leak. indictments. He's not leaking anything. Yeah. What bloop, you know is bloop. what he lets you know. It's what he wants you to know. That's what everyone is scared of him for mm-hmm. he's who? really good at his job. Well, lots of people. Uh, the Canadian government convinced that President Trump intends to pull the U.S. out of the North American Free Trade Agreement. Reuters reported Wednesday NAFTA has linked Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. via uh, free trade since 1994. Really? But America's neighbors to the north are increasingly wary that the president, who was repeatedly railed against NAFTA, including calling it the worst trade deal ever made, will announce America's withdrawal from the deal. 
Reuters, citing two Canadian government sources, explained that Canada is expecting Trump to make his move at about the same time that negotiators from the U.S., Canada, and Mexico meet late in January for their sixth round of talks to modernize the treaty. Okay. It's going to make a splash. Like, you guys are having your meeting. Boom. There is no meeting. There's no treaty. Mic drop. (gasps) So, we'll see. Immigration officials targeted approximately 100 7-Eleven stores early Wednesday morning, opening up employment audits and interviewing employees in what Derek Binner, the Deputy Deputy Executive Associate Director of Homeland Security Investigations, told the AP, is a, uh, a sign of things to come. Wednesday's operation represents a new step in an investigation that was first opened in 2013 when a handful of 7-Eleven managers were found to have used stolen identities to employ more than 100 people illegally and pay them below minimum wage. The 7-Elevens targeted Wednesday will require uh, will be required to prove that work authorizations were required during the hiring process. Wow. This is imp- it's 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 interesting because um, now all of a sudden this is all tied to 7-Eleven, but mm. 7-Eleven must have thousands and thousands of stores right. that weren't involved in this at all. Mhm. And now, everyone they, when the people drive by a Seven Eleven, they're like, mm. they're sullying the name of the Slurpee. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been other issues. Well, sure, like big the, gulps. The, right. the well, the hepatitis breakout in well, that, Utah that's and, one location in Utah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but Seven Eleven's taking a beating. Yeah, well, yeah, they have taquitos though. Maybe that's the problem. They it's, just roll and roll and roll. Keep those taquitos rolling. Yeah. Some of them don't roll on that little roller, no. hot dog roller thing. I feel bad for the one that just can't roll. Yeah. Kind of gets burnt on I mean, that one everybody side. has been that one person that just can't do the thing you're supposed to do. Right. You can't roll with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the CES Global Trade Show going on in Las Vegas. They seek to uh, extol the wonders of our connected world. Just illustrated its biggest Achilles heel, as the story says. Wow. Without electricity, not much happens. Late morning on Wednesday, the power went down in the main hall of the Las Vegas Convention Center, sending thousands of vendors and visitors outdoors or to other venues. The darkened hall houses booths from some of tech's biggest companies, including LG, Samsung, Panasonic, Intel, Sony. Yeah, th- this couldn't have been an accident. The, well, it was. The rare blackout follows rains that has shuttered some of the events at the show, including Google. They had a like an outdoor booth. Yeah. And it's just Done. pouring rain. Got to so. get inside. Uh, that was enough to cut the power Wednesday, even though the sun had come out by then. A preliminary assessment indicates that condensation from heavy rainfall caused a flashover on one of the facility's transformers, so it shorted oh, okay. it out. After close to two hours without power, electricity was, extor- was restored, and the areas that had been evacuated reopened, and instantly 500 drones started flying around the building, because that's what this whole thing's about. <laughs> hmm. Drones, TVs, and cell phones. Well... Of all the places the, for the power to go out was at the biggest electronics event yeah. in the world. The one thing they need is more power, and they didn't have any. We need more power. <laughs> sorry. I don't know what that was from. I'm sorry, Captain. <laughs> we do not have the power. Um, are you sure it wasn't like a pulse bomb? I know that in Vegas, pulse bombs go off regularly to bring down casinos and break into vaults. I think you're just talking about the plot to Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, maybe. Or a very key scene in Ocean's the funny Eleven. Thing, yeah. I can't discern the difference anymore between real news and fake news and hmm. and just Hollywood media. Interesting. I can't. I can't tell the difference. Okay. It's – I saw a troll. I, I had a potato. Hmm. 
basically attack my car today. Mm, I don't know if it attacked your car. No. Alternative facts. And yeah. it just giggled, a giggly little mm-hmm. potato. It sounds charming. But it's a stuffed potato mm. with an attitude. Does it have eyes? Yeah. Smiley face? Oh, yeah. Is it one that moves and sings no, when you go it doesn't past move. it? It's a potato. But if you touch it, it's like... <laughs> hmm. And then it says stuff, but I didn't listen to it because it was messy. It had pulled out my phone jack. Do you think it had potato puns? I don't know. Would that make it more affable of a toy if it had potato puns? Like if it was like dropping a funny pun? Yeah. You'd be like, oh. Well, yeah, but not if you're messing with my... Not if you're messing with my ability to listen to my music. Hmm. Yeah. I like potato puns, have... like, he's a good friend of mine. In fact, we're best spuds. <laughs> That's one approach. Yeah, I don't think that would help. No. So you're saying your phone is connected to your car by a wire? Yeah. Don't you have Bluetooth? I do. You don't use Bluetooth. But I don't, for the, when I use Bluetooth, it doesn't, my Apple. Uh, what's it called? Your um, my Siri? Apple Music. Okay, doesn't uh, work. Doesn't work. It has to be, I think, worked through a f- car jack. So wow. y- you don't you don't find this potato That's appealing at all? <laughs> See what you've created here, mm. Terry. Yes, is a monster. I'm just asking if a it pun. would have changed the situation this morning if the offending toy. Said jokes. If it presented you with some humor, yeah. without it kind of de-escalated your fear right. of a, being attacked by a potato. Yeah. Well, now you've started. You've unleashed the kraken in Jeff's head. Well, I know he's looking at more potato-related jokes on the internet. No, I am not. The first two. <laughs> just... Do you guys look up Mashable together? <laughs> it just sold for fifty million dollars. This to, is uh... your fault. What you? Started this. Okay, let's like, get, let's get you, to the headlines. What about or nine? Do you look up your movie reviews on Algratin Tomatoes. You're right. It's my fault. This is getting worse. Yeah. I have nine ways to be a better person. Let's hit it. The New York Times published this. Okay. And it's based off of their most read stories. Right. And uh, because some of the stories aren't going to be mentioned, it's not nine. It's going to be like, you know, less than nine. But it's fine. We'll talk about it. Number one. Yes. I need you to you need to assess these. Will in fact these tips make you a better person? <laughs> this is the uh, game we're playing. Okay. Number 1. Great music. Thank you. Um make your bed. Will making your bed make you a better person? Yes, sure. wasn't there that army general sergeant guy that gave that great speech and he said make yeah. your bed. Make your bed. Okay. I mean, I kid. Sure. As this says, uh, I mean, some this, people, some people, you know, would rather have something to eat. It says this small act will give you a sense of pride and accomplishment, which the thing, uh, the thing goes, will lead to other similarly virtuous deeds. See, I have an excuse, though. I'm my wife is still in that bed when I leave the house, yeah. so I never have to make. That I has never, never stop my wife. Never get to make the bed. Just tucks you right on in. My wife is amazing at making the bed while I am still in the bed, sleeping. Even to the point of suffocation. Number two. Maybe that's the point. Wear weather-appropriate shoes. This will make your life? Yeah, no, that's... That's because one of the popular stories last year was Melania Trump walked out of the White House in heels to go to Houston after the hurricane. And everyone went nuts, even though she changed into some hiking boots or yeah. something on the plane. How dare she wear heels <sighs> across... That makes sense. It was yeah. ridiculous, You're... but... 
if you don't wear, I always say this to my wife, right? It snows, it's icy, and so she puts on her boots, right? They're, they're a high-heeled yeah. boot. But she's like, well, I'm wearing boots. They're not like snow boots. You're going to slip on the ice. boots were made for walking. Right. So weather appropriate. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Um, three, wash your hair. Oh, please. <gasps> Definitely. That's a must. Just wash your hair. It makes you feel like a better person. I think it does. I mean, by the way, if you have hair. True. If not, maybe give it a good wax. If not, wash your friends or partners or neighbors' hair. Right. There's Awkward. plenty of people that may need help. Uh, accept the things you cannot control. Yes. Hmm. That is a good one. Just lean into the Just stuff. That, yeah. I don't accept that. Embrace the things you can control. Move on. Were you reading this fortune cookie right here? No, no, no. It's just, okay. Um, it was actually advice from a 98-year-old man who married his 94-year-old sweetheart. They met at the gym. Oh, that's cute. The groom also earned a bachelor's uh, degree in history last year. He shared his advice on living a long life. He says, of course, one part of it is medical science, but the bigger part is that we live is that we live worry-free lives. We do not let things we cannot control bother us the least. That's that was great. his tip. So. That's good. That's great. Six, and if you still feel stressed about life, Distract yourself with a real life fairy tale. Ooh. We have a royal wedding coming up in May. Uh, how about create your own like, that's exactly real life fairy create, tale? Create, make a fairy tale out of your life. Isn't it better just to watch the one on TV? No. Okay. Then you're going to um, live vicariously one, through everyone else. One specifically, possibly for Matt, embrace your age. Ah. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I don't, why? Why would that be especially for me? I don't know. I just thought maybe it rang true for you more than Jeff and myself. Okay. I I don't see that. And finally, if you suffer a setback, just keep going. Just keep sw- just keep swimming. Yeah. Uh, so if I let me get this clear, if I suffer a setback in life, don't let the setback stop me. Just keep just keep a plugging along. That yeah, makes sense. Uh, so the, the 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 story. This again, New York Times put out this list, and it's all their popular stories. The story was uh, about Hillary Clinton. She suffered a setback. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, election, I mean, right? like a little setback. Yeah. So it's make like Hillary Clinton after her election defeat. She popped up on Broadway. She went to a t- an Italian restaurant. She went to another. She was seen. She's some, moving on. She's just living her life. She's right. out hiking behind her house. Yeah. Wait. So she that, continued to eat food. That, that's that, right. That she was continued all, her life. Wow. That was, you just reviewed all the first three months, yeah, but no. she's doing speeches again. Yeah. She's well uh, with uh, that. Those garner a lot of money for her. Well, yeah, but and so she's back at it. I mean, if you can't make millions in the presidency, make millions out of the presidency. Wouldn't you rather right. do that? Just get paid millions to not be the president and just go speak. Places yeah. and hey, get free meals. That's it's the same thing, minus all the hatred, minus the millions hmm. and the notoriety and the hatred. That's my life. Speaking wow. places, except for this attack killer laughing potato that was in your car. Somebody is trying to kill me in a some way. I don't know how, but I put my car in reverse. I hear a weird, <laughs> and then I got some weird thing talking to me. And everything's messed up in my car. Hmm. It's attack of the potato. Weird thing, by the way, I don't even know if it's a real potato because it has a zipper on the back. And I could just, I could get in there and take all the innards out. You've already named him, haven't you? No. 
Yeah, you did. You told me during the break that his name is Tony Starch. <laughs> You're still doing the pun thing. Hey, that was possibly my best one so far. So far, keyword there. Actually, yeah. it's two keywords. Yeah. Well, Tony Starch. Tony Stark? Yeah. Tony no, Starch? Potatoes are starch? I, no, I get it. Okay. It's just, I don't find that funny. Hmm. Terry would have appreciated it, yeah. but he had to walk out. Terry Conveniently. Out. He's always walking out right when the good joke comes. Whatever. Hey, straight ahead, Jeanette Bennett will be joining us. Uh, Jeanette's one of our contributors on the show and, uh, you know, a, a business uh, writer and editor of a, of a bunch of different magazines. Today she's going to be talking about uh, some tips for 2018 to make sure you get the best out of life. Straight ahead on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends. She's back. Jeanette, back. Jeanette Bennett's here. Does anybody call you Nettie? I have a brother-in-law. Calls oh, me Nettie. Right. Just I've one person. You. I love yeah. that name, Nettie. Uh, Jeanette Bennett's here. Jeanette uh, is the publisher of UtahValley360.com, which has like five, six or so magazines. Right. And you not only publish them, but you interview the hottest, the greatest, the, the all the famous, popular people. We have a lot of fun. You do. Yeah, yeah. It's a super cool gig, and we, we like to have you in on the show to pick your brain. Oh, well, thank you. And by the way, um, and I don't want this to sound in any way um, weird, but whenever you walk, so I stepped out of the studio, and when I stepped back in, walking down the hall, I could smell <laughs> just a lovely aroma oh. of flowers and springy joy. Yeah. So I have a cold, so I might have overdone the no, no, perfume. No. no, you're not at all. It's actually, it's just, I'm used to being in a room, locked in a room, hermetically sealed with three men. With the men. Yeah. So hello, woman's here. And I walked in and it's like, wow, a little, somebody opened a window. Oh, well. That's weird. Here uh, I am. Wish you could smell this over the radio. That awkward moment brought to you by the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, so, that's right. So Jeanette, talk to us about, you've got 18... Things we can do for 2018 to kind of give us a new new lease on life. So we just did an article, 18 for 2018. So some of these tips come from there and and some of them didn't fit as well. But I think we're going to have an awesome year. I do too. As a country, as individuals. It's going to be the best year, I think, of my life. I think so. You're going to have a good year. I can feel it. So am I. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. 2018, it's an even number. It's kind of a cool number. It's good. It's time. And I'm not going to let everything else that's happening affect my year. Yeah. Don't do that. You can just turn it all off. That, that's the neatest thing about every one of these devices has an off button. That's right. Except don't turn off the radio show because you're going to want to listen. Never turn this off. You don't want to miss this. this. No. A lot of people I know go to sleep with this show. <laughs> I don't know anyone. And that was not even what they meant to do. I think we're waking people up totally. right now. You right know now. it, girl. Yeah, see, 2017 was kind of an uneven ring. You know, it yeah. kind of had, But it's, it's over. It's a little odd. It's, it's an odd us. number. Yeah. It's last year. It's still last year. That's right. Yeah. So 2018. So what are some of the things we can do? So one of the things is I think this is the year to try something new. You know, don't just yeah. do things you've always you've always done. So so for example, this is my new thing for this year. I I'm using a new app, my fitness pal. 
Oh, yeah, I love that. Do you use that? Uh So I'm new to that app. Do you track your water? I think I track my water on my fitness pal. So I track my food and, and my, my food. and my exercise and my weight. Mm-hmm. Been you know working on that and the water. I got kind of bored and it was like half cup this and that. So yeah. I don't actually track my water, don't but I you? do drink a lot of water. I have some right here by me. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, I love if you find a good app that mm-hmm. you love. The funny thing is, I have like a hundred apps on my phone, and I really only love probably ten of them. Right. That are like yeah. life changing, essential. You really can't use a hundred apps in a day. They can't no. really be part of your life. No. So find a new app to to download and make your idea. life better. It's a great idea. Make your life better. Yeah. So that's that's one of the ones I'm doing. That's my new thing. Like it. So that's try something new. The second one is learn something new. Yeah. Why not get smarter every year? Oh, I. That's why I love my job. I learn every day. Yeah, you do. Something that's like like I try to find an aha every day. One that just is like what. Yeah. That blows my mind. Right. How did I not know that? Then I teach it to somebody. Cool. And then I weirdly I retain it. Mm-hmm. If I teach it, I retain it. It's really true. It's cool. It's really true. So I find learn. that in my writing. So if I interview someone, if I have to put it in my own words and explain it to someone else, yeah. then it's ingrained in me. Not cool. Forever. So figure out something to learn. You know, take a class or an online webinar, whatever you want to do to learn. But and or and just learn a certain like I we've had to learn a lot of our technology on that's behind my website and everything and I'm learning so much and it's it's actually re energized us at a level I haven't felt as much energy as I do right now for cool. five and a half years. Wow. See I think our souls crave newness. Totally. Uh, yeah. we, if we get sort of stuck in a rut, I think we get worse at what we're doing. Right. But when we're new, we're kind of on edge. We're mm-hmm. trying harder. We and, have and, that intensity about us. And there is psychology uh, deeply related to this about the fact that if you're no longer being uh, tested and stretched, uh, stretched or even stressed, okay. if it doesn't stre- stress you, then you're probably no longer pushing you're learning. Right. So a lot of us, we, we wonder why we're, life is kind of blah. It's because we haven't, we haven't stepped up to yeah. another skill level or another ability. Mm-hmm. or a, So we always want to have a little tension mm-hmm. in our life by learning. Because if we stay in that comfort zone, we start to atrophy, don't you think? Don't, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing, and nothing. Atrophy's never good. Never good in mm-hmm. any way. That's what... That's what I hear. Well, welcome <laughs> that's what to the my world. Says. <laughs> that's why I drag my leg when I'm walking around. <laughs> that, and I've probably got a half a side of ribs. Have, did you hear our story about the guy that stuffed a half a side of ribs down his? I didn't hear pants? that. He's I try, that. A lot of people right now are not now, but when it turns a little spring and summer, people want a barbecue, but they can't always afford the meat, okay. so they start stealing it. <laughs> so okay. cops are now chasing guys down the street with steaks and wow. ribs. In their High crime. clothes, yeah. 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 Uh, what are some other some other twenty eighteen okay. things changes? We so can I think travel, mm. and that doesn't have to mean. I mean, I hope to go to Europe. Yeah, I haven't been there. That's something you've I've never been, been to Europe. Never, isn't that a that's a crime? That, talking about crimes, yeah, that is a crime. I've got to get there. But even if that's not in your budget, you don't have time for that. There are so many things in your community, right there, right in your own state. Little hikes you've. I'm sure never done. Yeah, right. Little lakes you haven't seen. So pick something new to see. And do something. Like get out and, and do something. Like yeah. travel. Like get out and see the world yeah. and experience something. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that you say it doesn't have to be expensive because really some don't have that budget still. And mm-hmm. But do you know everything that's going on in your community? Have you gone to everything that's there? Right. Have you seen the waterfalls yeah. that are in the Chamber of Commerce brochure? Have you seen it? No. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> like, hold on. There's waterfalls? What? Yeah. 
Or, um, and the funny thing is I found just ask the locals or ask the people that are in the know, what would you do here? Right. Because amazing stuff. I've, have you ever been to the Garden of the Gods in Colorado? No, I haven't. Amazing. Mm, Incredible experience that I just did while I was working uh, with a company there for an, for a week and went to the Garden of the Gods. But I haven't even done any of those things in my own backyard. See? You need a bucket list. So I'm list. a better advocate of another state than my own state. <laughs> and I actually think that's common. Yeah. I think in our own community, we get involved in our own neighborhood and our own home, and there's a lot to do there. Yep. But there's a lot to see. And you don't want to – don't let 2018 end without seeing the cool stuff that's around great. you. So. Good idea. So that is that. Keep them coming. All right. Number four, document your life. Ooh. We yeah. all have a lot of cool things and hard things happen to us. And I think it's important to, in some form... Now, you're the publisher. Write it so down. So documenting might be easier for you than others. Although I'm not as great at documenting my own life. Aren't Isn't you? Isn't that sad? Yeah. I, I, get, I get maybe burned out. I don't know if that's the right word, but I write about everybody else. And then when it's my own free time, writing yeah. isn't the no, first thing I want wanted. to do. Yeah. Uh, but there are many ways to document. I mean, social media is a way of documenting. We don't always tell our deepest, darkest feelings Right, there. right. We, maybe we sugarcoat. And maybe we shouldn't. And maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's chat books that'll take your social media feeds and other photo feeds and create books. There's lots of ways to document your life. Even even speaking into your phone. Yeah, Do, do voice memos yeah. on your way home, just some of your feelings. Uh, maybe you're a poetry writer. Like it. Maybe. Right. Maybe write a song. Maybe write a song. Uh, Jeff did an interpretive dance. Ooh, see? That's that documenting. Was documenting his life. Uh-huh. I'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to just hear about just, it. Just hear about it and assume the best. <laughs> yeah. But that's the funny thing, too, with all of our technology. There are apps to help you know what questions to ask. Totally. They have great things um, for seniors. Like if you have a mother or a father that's aging and you want to capture all their stories. Mm -hmm. They have apps and programs that you can just go ask these hundred questions and they'll even help you ask them and then help you compile a a document if you want. Mm, That's perfect. So we don't have an excuse. We really don't. But I do think it's important to to keep track of what happens to us Yeah. so that we, it helps you process actually what is going on in your life and then hopefully it'll help your kids and other people. And it's selfless. It is. It's selfish. It's selfless to give that to your kids. That I mean, it, you need to know this. Right. These a, are my lessons. A few years ago, I uh, did journals for my kids. I planned to do it for Christmas. So I started in January, and I kept a notebook for each of them and wrote down cool things I thought about them or admired about them or wow. you know, throughout the year, and then I gave it to them. That, that only lasted one year. That was a lot of work. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. Now you guys have to do it yourself. <laughs> right. But that was a cool – That's they, great. they still look at that from oh, a few sure. years ago, funny things they said that I wrote down that I never would remember now. No. If I hadn't written right. it down. And they're little things, aren't they? Teeny tiny things. But like they could be pivotal mm-hmm. for the child that year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's powerful. We like to know stories about ourselves. So mm-hmm. as parents, we can help the children identify those stories about themselves and trends and themes. And anyway, I think we need to do that for I like ourselves. That. So pick a way yeah. to document your life a little bit more. Okay. Uh, you have to have a fitness tip, don't you? Isn't uh, that sort of a rule? I guess. <laughs> if you have to. But I think to to make an achievable, accountable fitness goal, even if it's something like walk yeah. half a mile every other day, right. something like that. Half your hot pocket intake. See? That's doable, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And eh. you, eh, and for it's some stretch, people. That's a stretch goal. <laughs> 
That's right. But, work, work up to that. Work up to that. And that's, I think, too, because we, we think we've got to have the hard body kind of experience, but it doesn't have to be about hard body. Fitness doesn't have to be about, did you run the tri- – I'm doing a triathlon this weekend. Right. Those people I, drive me crazy. Well, and you'll set yourself up for failure if you go from couch potato to thinking yeah, you're no. going to win the triathlon. So be realistic. Mm-hmm. And for some, it might be a number. It might be weight gain. But for other people, it's just – Take more steps in a day. Yeah. Or drink more water. Right. You know, anybody like you can just drink did. more water. We, um, I, my, my goal was to um, get into a health club. Okay. So for Christmas, we purchased a membership to a health club. Nice. Have you been yet? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been twice. Well, good. But, and that was all in the first two days. In the first two days. Well, you but, started strong. But tonight, tonight's going to. Tonight's gonna, the night. Tonight's the night. I'm going to get there tonight. Okay. Yeah. See, if I ever say I'm going to work out tonight, that doesn't happen. It doesn't? It's, it's like early in the morning or not at all. Oh, really? See, yeah. I, early in the morning, I have this thing I Where do. you like to sleep? I have this show <laughs> that I do. This little gig? Yeah, I have this gig thing that I do in the morning. And I, in fact, today, maybe what I'll do, if it's, if it's warm enough, I might go for a walk too. Nice. But by me saying it out loud, like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to go to the health club place tonight – my family that are maybe home listening okay. will now say, hey, I thought you said we were yeah, going. You said that. Yeah. Come on. So what's going on? I just set myself up. So tonight we'll probably go. Yep, you're going to be held yeah. accountable. Yes. You, you, you didn't say you'd have to work out when you went. You just said you'd go there. No, I like to go there and I play racquetball now. Okay. But I don't, I don't like the machines. Mm. There's a lot of machines there. Like treadmills and ellipticals. And they're, they've been touched by all these sweaty people. All day long. I don't... <laughs> So I'm just going to play racquetball, basketball, and then I'll swim. Ooh, that's good. Mm. Use all the different muscles in those. Yeah, and then usually the next day, yeah, my fact, my wife just said, yep, we're going to the gym. Okay, you're doing it. <sighs> next time I see you, I'm going to say, how did yeah. it go yeah, that I, Thursday night? Yeah, no, do, for sure. Okay. It's, if my wife, it's happening now. My wife has yeah, all the willpower the in the family. She's I putting don't you in the any, car, you're right? going. Yeah. You're going to be there. In fact, she just gave me the muscles icon. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, she gave me the muscles icon with a really white, pasty arm. Mm, self-portrait. She's <laughs> thinking about me. She is. <laughs> Tender. What, what other goals for 2018? Okay. Again, by the way, we're speaking with Jeanette Bennett, who's founder and editor-in-chief at Bennett Communications. If you go to the website, utahvalley360.com, you can see all of her work. She has multiple magazines mm-hmm. uh, from business to – uh, you know, kind of sales and marketing magazines to bride magazines to just lifestyle. So many words on there. It's amazing. A word farm. It's really cool. We've got growing. Yeah. Thanks. It's fun. All right. So another classic one. We just talked about working out. Totally classic. Second yeah. classic one, money. So how about this year if we do something better with our money? Like Ooh. for me, yeah. I want to track my personal finances better. There you go. So just, you know, yeah. having an app or a website where I actually do that. Have you been to mint.com? I have. But I haven't really adopted No, adopted it, it. What I find is it takes discipline. And because I don't have discipline, I don't track it, <laughs> which is why I don't ever set these goals. Right. But what if you just set a little baby step Just goal? a little baby. Just, mm-hmm. Part of mint, the, like, it's a great app that will basically help you track everything that you're doing and where all your money's going and how to pay down your debt. It will even kind of coach you on which debt to pay down. The, the big obstacle is you have to get all your information in Mint. And that's where I stop. That's me too. So that would be my goal is get all the info into Mint. Yeah. 
which takes, like you said, discipline, yeah. which I haven't had up to this no. point well, on no. this topic. Yeah. But this is the year. This is this it. This is it. 2018. Let's track Especially it. Especially if you're going to make more money because it's going to be such a great year. You ought to, you ought to protect it. You got to know what to do with all right, that. exactly. Fortune that is going to come upon us. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, next one is to stop scrolling all day, which I mean by that is social media. Set yeah. some boundaries. Now, this isn't something that affects everybody. I don't right. think everybody is no. addicted to social media. Mm. Or, or texting, whatever it is we're doing on our phones. But a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to set some boundaries. Maybe just like one day a week, maybe Sundays, keep it in the kitchen. Yep. And then if you want to look at it, you have to stand there on the cold tile right. and look at yeah. it. Yeah. Lock it up. Lock put it in them. the safe. <laughs> but but by the way, set a boundary too for how often you look at it. Maybe you say, I'm only going to check my email three times a day. Okay. And, and have those times. Yeah. Other than that, that, not checking the email. Right. Put in fact, put your email in a button further back, so like deeper in the phone, so oh, it's not work. a one step. Oh, uh-huh. there it is. I better check that. Right, and for for me, part of that is turning off notifications. Yes. Sometimes, I mean, I do like notifications on some things, but sometimes those notifications suck you into meaningless. <laughs> oh, totally. Things. You no, don't totally. really need it. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, every single time I get an email that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. I immediately, I immediately go unsubscribe. That's smart. And amazingly, I get very few things that aren't really germane to my life. That's good because if you're like me and you haven't been doing that, yeah. then it's overwhelming right. to no, say, okay, is. I have these thousands of emails uh-huh. and now I need to unsubscribe one by yeah. one. That's see, but that's yeah. what you do when you're watching Netflix. Then I go search okay. an email I don't like. I'll uh-huh. go search it. I'll find them all. I go... Copy them all, delete mm-hmm. them all, and then I unsubscribe. That's smart. And, and you're I multitasking just, while you're watching I, and Netflix. Yeah, that's what I do to justify watching Netflix. You are justified. That's I give amazing. you approval. See? Good. Approved. Done. You can do that. What else? Give us okay. a get we have room or time for maybe one more. Okay. What about improving a relationship with a family member? Somebody, yeah. Or, or a friend. But like, what if you just reached out to that person more? Yeah. Well, if I have someone in my mind that I that I want to improve my relationship with, and it's not it's not that there's a rift; it's mm. just more distance and time has gone on, and we can more, deepen more it. effort yeah. needs to be made. Yeah. So, what if you did that? What if you went to lunch with someone you haven't seen in twenty years? Or oh, that's cool. What if you told your parents what you really appreciated? About I love them? you for this. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. Because relationships aren't perfect, and Mm-mm. I'm not saying they have to be, but what if you just acknowledge the good? And you don't even have to start, like you're saying, with the harsh ones, the difficult ones. You could just start with the one that you were just thinking about. Yep. I had somebody today, This I'll, I'll actually read exactly what they said because it was just beautiful and blew my mind. Um, just listen to this. Out of nowhere, I received – where'd it go? Uh, good morning. Their name. I just had an overwhelming feeling that I needed to tell you how great you are. Mm, I love that. And then, and then she told me why she thinks I'm great. It's one mm-hmm. sentence. I love you, and I think you're fantastic. Have a terrific day. See, that took 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Changed my life. Changed my day. You know, if you ever receive a text that says, you know, I loved your whatever, your yeah. talk in church, or, yeah. or your, you, know, you were so sweet the other day when I saw you. Thanks that, for bailing me out of jail. Just whatever, something whatever simple it like is. that. You yeah. know, just an everyday occurrence, mm-hmm. like the bail. Uh, it feels good to send those texts and emails, and it feels so good to get them. Oh, Let's do it. Good. Let's do it today. Don't wait till the end of the year. So everybody right now, sometime <laughs> today, 
Here's Matt's email. Send, send me him an email. No, don't send me an email. <laughs> but go out and find – think of somebody – everybody already – you always have people pass through your mind like – Totally. I wonder what they're doing. If they cross your mind, take 15 seconds. Right then. Reach out. Respond now. Don't And don't even wait like, oh, I don't want to go there. That will open up a whole text thing. I don't want la, la, la. <laughs> do it now. Just get it out there. Just do it. This is going to be a good year, don't you think? We're going to be nice and happy and rich. And you just gave us a bunch of ideas. Yeah. I'm going to be fit and rich. (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah. But 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 just the very idea that you keep saying it's going to be a great year makes me think, you know, it it is going to be a great year. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of the tips I didn't get to was positivity. Be positive. Looking for the good. Project that it's going to be good. Yeah. You see what you look for. So look for the positive. See how you are. Jeanette Bennett's her name. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to utahvalley360.com to find out more about what she's doing there. And uh, if you can, keep digging deeper for to see her on Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> Celebrities, That was very local. deep. It was really good. <laughs> Jeanette Bennett, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have a great 2018, which I know you, you will. Straight ahead, BYU Sports Nation will be joining us to uh, give us their blessed insight coming up. Welcome back, friends. It's time to take that elevator down to BYU Sports Nation and find out what's coming up on their program in just 10 short minutes from now. Uh, Gentlemen, how are you today? Gentlemen, are you there? Oh, we're here. We can hear you now. No, I I was waiting for the—I said it before the elevator door opened. Oh, That's an offensive foul, Matt. (laughs) Going this way! He's calling penalties. How are you? Uh, we're good. We're good now that we can the hear whi- you. The whistle is yeah. on the desk. Now, now you can't hear because the whistle was just blown. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the past, on this program, yes, of ours called the mm-hmm. Sports Nation, yes, as the elderly call it, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, <laughs> we used to do a segment called "Going for Two. We would make two picks about the football game or the basketball game. Right. The next one. We are not doing that. Why? Because Ben said we're not. That sounds like a money maker. But. Today we are bringing back a new version of it. We uh, call it and one and, and one. one. As in, you go to the rim, yeah. you know, you get fouled, you make the basket, you make the basket. So we're going to give two picks. The first pick's worth two. The second pick is worth one. Ooh. And and now and we're back. We're very excited because in games like BYU versus Pepperdine, where potentially this could be a little ugly and boring in the second half. Yeah. Live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. <laughs> that that you could have some interest. In watching if our prop bets happen. Yeah, these are BYU-approved prop bets. But, but they're bets like, okay, I bet we win by 10 points. Yes, and, stuff like that. And so-and-so makes a three. or And someone gets a bloody nose. Yes, it could be that. Okay. It's not as proppy as that. Okay. okay. Proppy is a word. I don't think proppy is no. a word. Um, and then, and then, so I get to pick two, and then I get to pick one more, and my and one is only worth one point. Correct. You're this is exciting. Up, isn't it? So you're adding a whole new – now, do you guys have an app? I'm sure you've you built an app for this. We haven't, did we built an app? Yeah. For the and one second. Uh-huh. Have you seen our budget? <laughs> I think I have. Yeah. Matt, Brandon, our know, TV budget's bigger than your radio budget. You know no. better Still. than anybody that yeah. the daily shows no. they don't, are, not, no. are not the big money spenders. Yeah, yeah. To pay you and then – and Terry and then let alone Jeff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then get an app. And by the way, get it, get an app in time to get it out today. There's an app for that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe let's uh, – sorry, I, I overstepped. I shouldn't have gone for the no app. app. Oh, there's no found. app. After further review, there's no app. And one. <laughs> I like this. I think this is – I think the this is – The call on the field is confirmed. There's no app. <laughs> it was, oh, did we just go to play review? Were you just yes. – yeah, yes. reviewing What's it? What's the city in the NBA in New Jersey? It's like some weird name that they go to the replay center. Yeah. It's some replay. New Jersey. Yeah. Secaucus. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> No, I mean, where, where is it supposed to be? Well, I mean, where else but Secaucus, New Jersey? The, the league headquarters are in Secaucus, New Jersey. Secaucus, New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Could be Shakaka. It could be Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that would be my even wife's, better. My wife's rewatching oh. The Office right now. It is one of the most enjoyable experiences. Let's of throw my life. it to Steve Javi in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Scranton. Steve, what do you have for us? And then it's Dwight Schrute. <laughs> that is that would be, see. By the way, uh, I bet the ratings would even get higher. NBA has already got great ratings, but that would take it to a whole new level. Did Don't you know, think? like the best NBA regular season game still dims in comparison to a mid-level NFL game in its rating. Does it really? The NFL that, crushes. Yes. It's because yes. there's too that many. Said, like, like Eagles, Cowboys or something. You know, that it's said, like, the NFL is really worried right now. No, right. Exactly. Because ratings are down like 20% from the two years ago. Right. Yeah. But they're still higher they're still than crushed. everybody else. Yes. So, yeah. So, oh, Google's stock went down. It's still higher than everybody <laughs> but Amazon and Apple. Yeah, relax, whatever, everybody. You know I mean? Relax. But it's it, how many games are in the NBA season? Eighty-two times thirty. And how many in the NFL? Sixteen times thirty. Mercy! See, there's the difference. The value is just in in. It's all on the numbers, boys. Yes. By oh. the way, uh, did you guys hear Tim Tebow is wanting to adopt a child from every continent? That he's doesn't new, surprise me at all. He's the new. I mean, he's Angelina Jolie. He, exactly. Yeah, whoever he marries, Madonna, be the next combo name. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow. Oh, he's so, gonna so, he's gonna marry Madonna. Is that no, you said no, that? Madonna did the same thing, didn't she? Adopt uh, a few oh, children from. I was gonna say Tim Tebow and Madonna. That would be Tebana. Tim Tebow. You, you look at him and you think like that's a big dude, right? Like, yeah. He went on the NBA on TNT set and did I, a hit talking about the college football. Short. Path. He looked so small. He's short. Even Kenny Smith looked I know. big. That's when he threw the pass to six three. Who do you and, throw? Of oh, Barkley, and then Barkley was gonna be tackled by Shaq. That was funny. My, that was my hilarious. My brother-in-law met Charles Barkley yesterday in Vegas. How'd that go? I don't know. I just saw a picture on our family share of photos with Aww. me and Sir Charles. Thank Eight. heavens for, like, Instagram. Let me tell you, Kenny. <laughs> ridiculous. That's pretty good. And terrible. <laughs> it almost sounded like Carl Malone. <laughs> but it was you, I could go hear. Ahead, Spence, Carl. Sometimes it's hard to play basketball in Utah. I love Carl Malone. I love Carl Malone. Here's your connection to BYU. Yeah. Carl Malone Jr. Yeah. played offensive line for LSU, coached yep. by Jeff Grimes. Yes. Uh-huh. He's now the offensive line coach at Brigham Young University. And one of the centers for Jeff Grimes on the 2010 National Championship team that Jeff Grimes helped coach the O-line for is Ryan Pugh, who's probably going to be the offensive line coach at BYU. Former was, MTV reality star. He was on the Hoover High yep. thing. Wow. Program on uh, MTV. He will join us in studio, Ryan Pugh. You guys are, but but he's the least of these, our brethren, if you will. He's a national champ. We're also going to have an Olympic silver medalist in in the house. In the house, yeah. We're not going to tell you who, though. We're not going to tell you who. You got to tune in. Unbelievable! And by the way, you they you guys just pulled that out. I wasn't even asking what was on your show, but you were able to somehow segue from my Tim Tebow comment 
into Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, into that segue. That is why you want to listen to BYU Sports Nation. They're that talented. I would have just rolled over and said, I can't make this connection, which I've done before. How? Why was there no mention of my genius potato puns? That I didn't. I mean, you yeah. asked. You were asking for them. I wasn't asking for a potato. Pun. You were asking for them, and I yanked them out of the air. Look, I think the greatest. I think the 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 prize goes to you naming the potato Tony Starch. Yeah. With a close second being you, the two of you like to look up movie reviews on a gratin tomato or a gratin potatoes. Yeah. That movie website. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't. Laud those more. Hmm. But we didn't. Hey, straight ahead. Uh, oh, we've got to do our empty news. I mean, our uh, hero story. I love to always end with a hero so you can feel the good in the world. First, Berkeley Johnson heard the roar. Then he saw the rush of mud. Coming up from the river was just three trees, was tre- just trees dropping. And then I saw it, probably 20 feet high, of rock and cars and trunks and trees. And I just ran for it. Johnson was talking to CBS Evening News anchor Jeff Glore about what was going on in the California mudslides when he found a baby that he needed to rescue. The wall of dirt and debris left his home and the neighborhood devastated with power lines down and trees piled up. Uh, I don't know how we heard it because it was so loud, Johnson said. We went into this pile, down into the muck, and in the middle of nowhere there was a little baby. This little child just in the mud up to its tank, up to its blank, tangled in uh, the roots and metal. Unbelievable. And they saved this baby. They don't know how they heard it, but somehow they heard it. Sometimes you, you need to, you know, hush the world around you and listen for uh, some of the other things that are going on uh, if you want to be able to save a life or help or lift somebody up. So he's my hero of the day, Berkeley Johnson. Thank you for being there. And thanks for being with the show on the show with us today, all of you, for being here and listening. Stick with us. BYU Sports Nation is up next. 